The voice of one crying the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The voice of one crying the wilderness. Greetings from Zion. You're listening to a message by Pastor Ita of God's Lighthouse. As you listen, we pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org. Good evening, everyone. Let's pray. Let's stand up, please. Um, I want us to start thanking God for today. Let's bless the name of the Lord for His goodness and His kindness and His faithfulness. Thank Him for the gift of life. Think of all that He has helped you with today. Thank Him for His grace. Thank Him for his faithfulness father we are grateful thank you for all the things that you have done for us we thank you thank you for your teachings thank you for health thank you for good health and a sound mind thank you father thank you for corrections that lead to righteousness we thank you father we thank you father we thank you father Thank Jesus. Thank God for all his goodness to us. Thank him for all the things that he has done for you. Thank him for your family. Thank him for his kindness. Thank him because his faithfulness is from everlasting. Thank him because he will not change his word that he's sure he's faithful to you. Thank him because he speaks to you. Thank him because you can hear the words of God. Thank him because you have this opportunity to study the scriptures. There are people in places elsewhere who are looking, searching for water. They're like people in deserts and dry lands. They don't have what you have. Just open your mouth and say, Father, I am grateful. Lord, I thank you for all that I have. Thank you for a roof over my head. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for food to eat and water to drink. Thank you for a spiritual meal that keeps us running. Thank you because in you we live and move and have our being. Thank you because you are our Father. Thank you because you are our Helper. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gifts of the spirit that you have given to us thank you for giving us everything that pertains to life and godliness pray in the spirit pray in your understanding say lord i am grateful lord i am grateful lord i thank you lord i worship you thank you for brethren around me those who help me those who correct me when i'm going in the wrong way those who bring me down who tell me things who puts me back on the right way when I'm erring? Thank you, Father, for these people you surrounded me with. Thank you for a mentor. Thank you for my shepherd. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I bless you, Jesus. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for all the places that you have taken me through. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. Amen. So today, today I saw something about how, you know, if we thought back about where you would have been if God did not find you, like close your eyes, think about all the things that you would have become, all the things that would have overtaken you, all the things that you would have done, and thank God for it. Open your mouth and thank God. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for deliverances. Thank you for deliverances from strongholds. Thank you for helping us, keeping us, oh Jesus. Thank you, Father, for not allowing us to go deeper under bondage. Thank you for deliverance, oh God, from the hands of the enemy. Thank you for helping us, oh God. Deliverance from sin, deliverance from bondages, deliverance, oh God, from demons and their afflictions. We are so grateful. Thank you for bringing us to a place where we could wash, where we can wash and be free from filth and dirt. Thank you, Father, for bringing us, oh God, to a place where we, can be where we are consecrated and pure, where we have the washing of the water by your word. We are so grateful, Father. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. We give you all the glory, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Lord, we thank you for today. Blessed be your name. Thank you for all the things that you have done for us. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your words to us. Thank you that you speak to us, O oh God. Thank you for ears to hear your voice, O oh God. We are so grateful for all that you have brought us through. Thank you for the instructions that lead to life. Thank you for brethren. We say, blessed be your name in the name of Jesus. Father, this evening we ask, O oh God, that the entrance of your words will give light and understanding to us. We receive all that you have for us this evening in the name of Jesus. We ask, O oh God, that as your, light, as your word goes forth, O oh God, that light will come to us, that our eyes will be enlightened, our ears will hear you, our hearts will understand in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for our pastor that used to speak to us this evening. Lord, we ask, O oh Father, that we will not just be hearers of your word. You help us, O oh God, to also do the words that we will hear tonight. Blessed be your name, for in Jesus' name we've prayed. Let's welcome our pastor. Father, we bless you. I ask for eyes to see and ears to hear for everyone here. Amen. A heart that understands and a mouth to speak plainly. Amen. If you lift your hands for a moment. May your words appear to your servants and your glory to their children. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the works of our hands for us. Yes, establish 
For great are you, O Lord, and greatly to be praised. Whatever we do, wherever we roam in the spirit, be our shepherd, O God. Teach our hands to one, our fingers to fight. Let us go from victory to victory. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. You may have your seats. Today we are here to study the scriptures and learn the ways of God. Scriptures are given for 2 Timothy 3, 16, for teaching. Scriptures are for teaching. Are we together? Scriptures are for teaching, for doctrine. Scriptures are for learning. Scriptures are also for rebukes. Scriptures are for correction. Strict scriptures are for instruction. Scriptures tell you what to do. There's a reason for scripture. You do not despise the words of scripture. You don't look up and down all over the earth looking for teachings or corrections or instructions. Looking to people, telling them, rebuke me, rebuke me, rebuke me. Many people in the world are rebuked by everyone and everything. Wherever they go, they look for someone to tell them. I've seen people who they could be rebuked by a stray cat. And they would add it to their repertoire, their collection of wisdom. You hear people say, oh, I remember a man that told me this. And the man taught them how to be a thief. And they added it to their... Everybody goes through life like a student. Everybody goes through life like someone with a, a duffel bag, a bag over your shoulder. And the different things you come across, you put them inside that bag. The thing is this, it's not everything you should collect. It's not everything you should put in your bag. There are things you shouldn't. There are things you've collected in the past. This is what scripture does. Scripture is for teaching. So when you come across people that are bringing teachings, hope and pray that it's scriptural. Put it in your bag. In addition to what you put in your bag, In addition to what you put from teachings you hear, if you come across wrong teaching, unscriptural teaching, you shouldn't put it in that bag. Don't put it at all. That doesn't come into what. So you can't walk with someone, you're in an office, and someone says, listen to me. As a businessman, you don't do this. And they teach you how to lie or defraud people and call it a trade secret. You don't put that amongst the things you're learning. You don't. You throw it away. Now, as you keep going on in life, Scripture is for correction. It's Scriptures that you will hear 
when you're shown look at it in the bible look at it look at it you say wow this thing oh you're correcting me now i believe something i've carried something i shouldn't have carried and you now rummage through your bag for all the wrong things as you hear a sound teaching and the correction that comes you should never tell lies you shouldn't cheat people you shouldn't make fake products like your brother shared once how he went to learn how to make a pomade you know went to learn how to make a soap and bleach and things like that and the person also said i can teach you how to make detour and the person produces detour with the label detour and he knows for certain that this guy cannot be the company he has heard of since he was small this human being cannot be the industrial outfit known as detour i don't know who produces detour pfizer who whoever produces detour or proctor gamble i don't know who owns the label but he goes no i won't do that that's that's deception or how to produce what people commonly call olive oil the person said look at this is a chemical you put in bleached palm oil and it doesn't congeal and sell it and call it olive oil unfortunately that chemical is not safe that is why many people have gone to churches and they said this is olive oil buy olive oil come they they, they put it in people's eyes make people drink it and it goes in with those chemicals and some people's eyes are damaged because the person selling the so-called olive oil if it's the original olive oil the real thing it wouldn't cost you any harm but this chemical field one is dangerous it's physically dangerous so you put oil in someone's eyes and the person is doing like this and they say you see yes come out come out rubbish And the person says no that's fake that's not olive oil that's not real and refuses so as you hear the word of god you read reach into your bag and get rid of the wrong things you have believed so scripture is for teaching that you collect corrections showing you what to get rid of rebukes how dare you you were very wrong to do this go oh, oh. an instruction on how to use it how to make you can have things you know, I have a selfie stick just two days ago, or is it yesterday? Just barely two days ago, I... Sorry, it's not really a selfie stick. It is, it's a stand, uh, a tripod for... It's a tripod for, for a phone. I, had, I got some maybe a year ago or more. And I didn't know all its features. I knew it was Bluetooth control. I barely used it. And the, you press a button on the body. You know, it looks can be a stick, but it can spread into a tripod and elongate. And instead of pressing the camera, once you link it with Bluetooth, you press on the button. But someone showed me that, no, you don't. The remote, you don't have to press it there. You can actually bring it off the stick and hold it in your hand. I had no idea. Instructions. I don't know if it wasn't an instruction manual. They forgot. 
but I had no idea. So instructions, instructions are given in scripture. You don't just say the scriptures say. You have to know the instructions for using what the scriptures say. The instructions for how to read the scriptures are contained in the scripture. Many people say, I've read the Bible, I've read this Bible. I don't understand it. Yes, because you don't know the instructions for reading the scriptures. The Holy Spirit was given to teach you the scriptures. The Holy Spirit directly through you and through people that have the gift to teach and training. By training, I don't mean going to a seminary. You could go there and come back ten times, a thousand times more confused than you went. The important thing is that instructions are contained in scripture. It tells you how. It doesn't just tell you what to do. It tells you how to do it. The instructions. That the man of God, the girl of God, the woman of God, the boy of God, the child of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Ah, oh God, I want to please you. Do you? Yes, I want to please you. How will you please him if you don't know how? Uh, I've just, there, there are so many people that have tried to please God and ended up setting the house on fire. People have gone and started church groups wanting to please God. People that have no business being in charge of even two people. They say, I wanted to please God. So I realized that if I want to please God, I'll become a, a father, a priest, a, a pastor. And someone who is full, weighed down by sin and temptation, goes, becomes a pastor, destroys all the people that gather to him, eats them all up spiritually. He wanted to please God, but he didn't know how. People go, yes, I want to be free of this thing, so I'm going to spend every night praying, praying non-stop. And they go on praying like that for years, and nothing changes. It really gets better. They don't know how. They don't have the instructions. The scriptures contain the instructions. So this evening, I'd like us to continue with a study on the work of the perfumer. And I want to show you some of... You know, we, what have we looked at so far? We saw that the perfumer, the Holy Spirit, walking directly and through people that he gives grace and gifts, giftings to, equips in the story of uh, Exodus 30, 31, and so on. He tells you about Bezalel and Oholiab. So if you look at chapter 30, we looked at the incense. We explained what the incense is. It represents prayer and praise, which is a form of prayer. Incense is anything you offer up to God that smells sweet in his nose. Anything acceptable. This is what incense is. And we showed from the law how you can know how to concoct the incense and give to God. We saw that in 1 Timothy chapter 2. We saw that prayers petitions, intercessions, thanksgiving are the four condiments similar to the stacte or gum raisin, depending on the translation, the onica, the galbanum, and frankincense, the four things. So we see it in the old, we see it in the new. Bring those condiments together. My emphasis was on the frankincense. The thanksgiving dimension, the aspect that is free of offense, the gratitude, that must be mixed in for prayer to be acceptable. You don't just come asking. Many people, the only version of prayer is asking. They don't carry thanksgiving. And we pointed out that how the thanksgiving cannot just be thanks for being alive. 
No, thanks for the thing you are praying about. So in that first Timothy 2, he says, pray for all men. And then he goes on to say, for kings and those in authority. And I pointed out, you want to thank, you want to pray about authority, government. You don't say, thank God that I'll be alive to live. Father God, we ask you, punish this government. No, you thank God for the government. Whatever it is you're praying about, you thank God for that. For that particular offering of incense. Whatever it is, you want to pray for your school, you want to pray for your boss, your office, your workplace, you want to pray for your brother or sister who is sick, you thank God for your brother or sister whom you're about to petition God for. Please, Lord God, heal him, heal him. You don't thank God for her and then pray for him. In the incense you offer concerning your brother, you thank God for him, then you pray for him. If you want to pray for your sister, you thank God for her, then you pray for her. Are you understanding? It sounds simple, but it's amazing how easily confused we can be. You don't thank God that we are alive, that we are not all finished in this Nigeria. Then you pray about government. No, you thank God for Nigeria. You thank God for that government. Then you pray for it. That's acceptable incense. Alright, so. The scriptures let us know the different things required to offer sweet smelling incense. And we saw that. We saw that. We saw what the altar of incense was. We saw how it represents your heart, amongst other things. We saw how you have to offer this incense morning and evening. We saw that it must be composed by a perfume. And we saw how we don't know how we should pray, but the Spirit, Holy Spirit knows how we should pray. We saw that it's supposed to be sweet-smelling, free of bitterness. Uh, we saw that there's no myrrh. There might be myrrh in the anointing oil, but there's no myrrh in the incense. Myrrh means bitter. There can't be bitterness in your prayer and your praise. You can't put it. If you put it, it's unacceptable worship. You know, we've seen all of these things. All right. We saw how your mouth is to be with grace. We saw how the Lord Jesus, they brought man to put in his mouth and he rejected it. Wanted to drink and he rejected it because his lips, according to Psalm 45, his tongue is like a skillful writer. His lips have been anointed with grace. I show you how in Colossians 4, 6, it says that your speech should be with grace, seasoned with salt. And I told you that the incense, when they concocted it, they put salt in it. So it's speaking about your speech. All right, all of this we have seen in, in, the, in a couple of meetings, you know, in this series. I also pointed out, I believe the last time, how it must be protected from the flies of death. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 1 that dead flies make the ointment of the apothecary the perfumer to putrefy and send out a vile order showed you how you don't allow dead things dead things you don't have allowed demonic influences on the things you say what's a fly zebub in the hebrew from which you have bel zebub which means god lord of the flies bel bel zebub lord of the flies you know how many of you read Lord of Flies in school? Okay, they don't read it again. Ah, they read it. Do you feel slightly smeared? Like the book seems demonic. Mm, it's the name that is worrying it. Whatever that guy's name was. Something Goldsmith or something. William Goldsmith. Golding. I don't know what he was doing. But he talked about a pig head talking. A guy had. 
It was not just writing. Why they made children read such a book is beyond me. I know when I read it, it wasn't funny. Lord of the Flies is Belzebub. Dead flies, flies of death, rendered literally. Demons that cause death, spirit beings and influences that cause death are a thing. They are a real thing. They are powerful. They spoil your ointment. You know, many people say, God, I've been praying. How come you don't answer me? Dead flies. He wants to answer, but your sacrifice is defiled, full of complaining, bitterness, grumbling. God doesn't do complaining, bitterness, and grumbling. He doesn't like it. He tells you not to. When you don't know this, you suffer because his people suffer for what? His people perish for lack of knowledge. You're not knowing does not save you. You're not knowing does not save you. You should know. You should know. Is this clear? Philippians 2. Verse. Let me read from verse 14. What? Let me read from verse 12. Okay, permit me. Philippians 2 from verse 12. To 18 give you context therefore my beloved just as you have always obeyed not only in my presence but now even more in my absence continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you to will and to act on behalf of his good purpose follow me follow me it is God that is working within you to will first, to even want something, and to act, to do, on behalf of his good purpose. Now, he just finished saying with fear and trembling. He said, don't worry, that that's God walking within you. It's with fear and trembling, but don't worry. Verse 14, do everything without complaining or arguing. Why is he saying this? Because... When you look at how you're working out your salvation with fear and trembling, you want to grumble and complain. And he says, don't. It's God walking. His purpose is being fulfilled in your life. Don't bother. Don't bother. Don't feel bad. Don't be agitated and so on. Do everything. He didn't say some things. Everything without complaining or arguing. So that you may be blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine as lights in the world as you hold forth the word of life in order that i may boast on the day of christ that i did not run or labor in vain but even if i'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith i am glad and rejoice with all of you even though i am being poured out that's like his blood like wine being poured out on the sacrifice and service of your faith as I'm trying to serve you, as I'm sacrificing myself for you, even though I'm, even though I'm losing my life, I am glad 
and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Look at all the emphasis on not complaining and not grumbling, on rejoicing and being glad. And even if I'm dying for you as I'm helping you know God, you rejoice and be glad with me. No complaining here. No grumbling here. No murmuring here. This is pure incense. This is acceptable incense. This is frankincense, which is the, it brings out a white smoke. Whitish, pure smoke. Colored, not blackish, whitish. By the time you mix the other things in, it has a lovely scent. Lovely scent. All of it goes up and creates incense that God accepts when you put it on fire. Let me explain something. Why incense works in fire, not through water, is that it takes fire for you to send out a sweet-smelling fragrance. It takes fire. You don't generate the smell that is you. That smell that God loves comes out of the fire of suffering. When you go through stress and you respond properly, when you do what is right, in spite of the opposition that is what generates beautiful smoke that is what generates the things that please god and when you look at it and you're like wow why am i going through all these things god says don't worry i'm using it to generate a lovely smell okay let me give you an example first peter 4 verse 12 dear friends do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you don't be surprised at the fire you're finding yourself in it is to test you don't be as surprised as though something strange were happening to you that's like incense saying this is so strange incense smokes when put on fire are you following me it is fire that gives you the excuse other than that, your, the incense is just powder. When they concoct it, it's just powder sitting there. It's just this pasty thing mixed with the frankincense which holds it all together. It's just there, a lump. But when you take that lump, put it on fire, suddenly, you have this smoky thing that spreads. So the fire is what enables it to go out. Are we hearing this? Therefore, fire in God's eyes tests the testing of your faith. James 1. Count it all joy, verse 2. When you fall into diverse trials, knowing that the trying of your faith is working in you, developing in you perseverance or patience. And let patience have its perfect work. Let it do what it's meant to do. That you may be perfect and entire lacking nothing god you see you can offer the sacrifices in the temple but some things are lacking you could come with the blood of jesus to the brazen altar ah i'm saved i believe on jesus i've called on the name of the lord the blood has been supplied i'm baptized in the holy spirit and in water i have followed that precept supplied i look at the word of god for guidance the scripture is the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path present i share with the brethren i partake i don't segregate and say i am of this church 
only the 12 tribes the body of christ i am open to receiving ministry and grace from across the body of christ i don't there are many christians that reject they only hold to or learn from or believe from people from their group it's a form of spiritual homosexuality only there's no crossing they don't eat from the 12 loaves they eat from one loaf only not in the sense of jesus christ but the body the table of common union communion where you have the different graces on the different tribes there's zebulon there's naphtali there's isaac there's judah different aspects in the body of christ streams tribes in the spirit you're supposed to partake in the grace each of them brings something to this battle you're supposed to be open you don't say whose book is that which church i'm not even going near it they are our enemies that's what many church leaders have done very wrong very evil they are telling people only eat from this loaf every time only talk about this ignore all the other parts of what god has revealed to others that's wrong so let's say you are okay here now that doesn't mean you believe nonsense and say you're being open i've seen people saying they are being open and they are open to everything very confusing people i've seen people open to i saw someone the other day who says open to he, he different people he learned from seven people he has learned from he mentions this one mentions that one mentions kumuyi mentions uh, uh, different people mentions tb joshua just mixes all now i don't know if it's just a lack of discernment i don't know how that works i know many people struggle with the concept of tb joshua but like i've told you for the past five years I know it's hard though when you hear the people that look believed in him being a real servant of god i know it's hard but again well i don't know i also know that it's easy to know something that uh, it's called a lack of discernment it's when people don't know i'll give you a quick example philip the evangelist is in where is he samaria doing ministry there's a city-wide revival right and a certain former sorcerer a sorcerer what was his name simon simon the sorcerer used to astound everyone what was his nickname the mighty power of god till philip shows up now he astounded them with tricks he, he did things demonstrations probably made people fall by doing his finger like this and all sorts of things philip comes and is healing people helping people for real doing real real things and people depart and go their way simon sees this one pass my own and also gets baptized with others who say i believe so when philip gives an gives an altar call simon who had had the show stolen from him joins the queue and follows around john and peter are invited please come and lay hands on these people to receive the baptism of the holy spirit this philip is the one that was what a deacon at seven
as Peter and John are there, Simon, want, I want this power too. Please, take money. This is just one million. Whatever amount he offered, take this money. And what happens? Peter looks at him. He doesn't see a confused face. Say, what are you talking about? You don't need money to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Drop it. Don't worry. He didn't ask for the Holy Spirit. He's asking for the ability to lay hands on people. He's not. Others came up. Let me be filled with the Holy Spirit. He came up. I want the power to fill people with the Holy Spirit. Now you're wondering what's so bad there. What's so bad is in what Peter pointed out. He said, I can see you're in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. Take note of the phrases because when you're careless, you don't note what he's saying. I know I've explained this before in previous messages, this concept. Peter doesn't see a man who is just interested in having the same grace on his life. He sees a man who is power hungry, but his hunger for power, his selfish ambition and envy is driven by something. So, the scriptures say in James chapter 3, that where there is selfish ambition and envy, there is confusion and every evil work whatever it is that simon wanted was going to result in confusion and all sorts of evil works why because his desire for this power was not so he can be a witness to jesus it was due to a selfish ambition he had not for the glory of god and envy the bond of iniquity bond of anomia lawlessness he's bound tied up in lawlessness he's still lawless that he's following philip around has nothing to do with inside him he's he doesn't like this preaching just like many people today many of them claiming they want to be preachers and ministers i believe during our school of ministry which should be starting about a month if not less for the first time and i really pray if you know anyone you believe that has a call to ministry believes god has called them to minister to the body of christ that in the body of christ tell them to register to go online go to gamka and register with that this meeting is not open for everyone it's open for those that are called to ministry you know however old you are and all of that however long you may have been in ministry there are some they've already been in ministry it's very obvious that in the 30 plus years i've been born again i've come to realize that most people do not have a clue of what ministries they read the bible and they jump over it god taught me many years 20 plus years ago don't jump over things don't jump look at it query dwell study care you cannot the bible talks says tells you in second thessalonians 2 about the people that will be deceived by the antichrist the ultimate manifestation of the antichrist it tells you it says those who did not have a love for the truth that's why i don't just teach people the truth i teach you to love the truth because if you don't you will be deceived 
I can look at you, I can see your future. Satan will put you in his pocket. He'll, he'll be, oh Jesus. Oh, I was talking to some of the leaders yesterday in the meeting. My heart breaks. It's why I can't get excited when I see people. Ah, man of God. This one is a man of God. Ah, this young man is called to ministry. I see them, I start sorrowing. Instead of being excited. Because I see a potential candidate that the devil will use powerfully. That he'll give power. Many of them already exist, but what exists is small. It's a joke. In the days ahead, as the enemy reveals himself in the last day, ultimate deception. What's coming on the world, which most Christians don't seem to have any idea about. Some do, a very small fraction. What's happening? They are busy saying, in case Jesus comes tomorrow. He ain't coming nothing. If he comes in 10 years, come and collect something from me. I said that 20 years ago to a group of people. They were nice. They didn't quarrel with me. They just looked slightly befuddled. Has he come? You should be busy asking, no, I'm angry with him. How can he say that? Hey, it's not the first time I've said it. You should be, I said in 2000. You should be busy, you should be busy asking me how I know. Amongst the ways I know, now I'm not too sure about 10 years now. I said it 20 years ago to them. I said in 10 years, it's not coming. I'm sure in 20, my estimate was 20 or something. But there are a few factors to my estimates, my estimates, my calculations now that might make, I know some things will happen. But the coming, the way it is thought and believed, nah, no. How do you know? It's very easy. The signs, he always gives signs. Just look at the body of Christ. Just look at the body of Christ. Then look at scripture, what he says about his coming. He cannot come. How can he come? Will you people allow? Some people are trying to hear things like that and get happy. I'm glad he's not coming yet. You could die tomorrow. So what are you talking about? What has, what has Jesus come to do with anything? <laughs> people walk away from a church meeting and a car runs them over. Simon was a picture of people who miss it. Simon was a picture of people who have come in quotes to Jesus but these people <clears throat> have their agenda in place their agenda is personal aggrandizement like many young people now ah ministry i can see myself driving a rolls royce and owning a jet being known internationally utter and total like these are prime candidates for satan's deception and the problem is they may have a calling on their life but they will never make it 
they can't make it it's impossible for them to make it why jesus told you how to make it <laughs> repeatedly and he kept warning you do not be deceived and here you are with all the ingredients for deception how can you make it many are called you have a calling oh yes i know i have a calling few are chosen few now listen simon was bound by lawlessness he was not subject to the law of god lawlessness is sin the law of the spirit of life of in christ jesus is a law as i've explained many times i've explained what it means many people think oh there's no law when you come to jesus there's no law there is there absolutely is first timothy one we know that the law is good if one uses it properly first timothy one verse eight we also know that the law is made not for the righteous but for lawbreakers and rebels the ungodly and sinful the unholy and irreligious for those who kill their fathers or mothers for murderers for the sexually immoral for those practicing homosexuality for slave traders and liars and pejorers those who bear false witness and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that conforms to the glory to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed god which he entrusted to me these are the people that the law is for if you're guilty or have been guilty of any of that the law is for you sexually immoral look as christian sexual immoral sometimes have they been known to be sexually immoral liars yes and have they done things contrary to the sound doctrine that is that conforms to the gospel mm, the law is for them The law it shows you what God wants, shows you God's mind, shows you God's heart. That's what the law is for. Now look at this. And this is where I'm going. He was also in the gall of bitterness. Very easy. Bitterness. Usually prompted by envy remember he was a shining star in samaria till these guys showed up and he claimed his power was from god and then these people show up and steal the crowd totally peter looks at him and the discernment of spirits comes alive and he sees he wasn't abusing simon the sorcerer he was telling him the truth this money you're bringing it's just a cover your real condition is that bitterness has consumed you bitterness against who who else against his parents
externally he looks a certain way internally he's a certain way peter sees his reality and rebukes him your money perish with you and he says pray god these things you say don't come to pass doesn't say i repent i'm sorry say please don't curse me i know you guys have power in your mouth there are many people like that all they're interested in that the things you say bad things won't happen to them they are not interested in changing there are very many people like this in churches everywhere this was simon's problem but he had gotten baptized we must be careful because when people are two different ways i know every sincere man of god is accused falsely you can't do god's will and not be accused jesus was accused but i beg you you need to pray and think a bit more before you say tb joshua was operating under the power of jesus i don't care how confused the people that say he was okay ah that's their choice you don't ignore everything in scripture see as one who ministers to people i know that if i come across someone that has drank tb joshua water he has demons that simple and you have to cast it out if it was from a good source why did he give them demons when someone tells you and i don't care who even if it's me as upright as i am as desirous of pleasing god as i am if i tell you take my picture and keep in your house that it provides protection please run away from me i've said this many times i have listened to lying spirits you can't say that everything someone does is okay peter once misbehaved and paul rebuked him anyone can misbehave they can they should not but they can that's why i know right now if you have drank that water ah this was from tb just you have demons you need deliverance if they sprinkled it on you if you have his picture in your house if you have his signature on a sticker stuck on top you have issues that's for sure so how could he be god i'm not going into his history from being a muslim to being involved in chrislam a mixture to never officially getting born again to saying he was born again from his mother's womb i'm not going into the things the people that worked with him said when they came out and said oh he uh um they what well, there was a lady that used to work with him she was the face of emmanuel tv like the newscaster many years ago going to do interviews and she's saying how that in the village where she his village when they want to make a documentary gave them rice and things to share and some people his name is fatai that's his name that's where she knew you know she kept saying he's a muslim she doesn't know what people are saying is it because Fatai gave this thing? You know, and some people were offended and they pushed him away. 
or the stories about him as a small boy a young boy in secondary school using when doing you bring your pen he does juju for you so you use it and write exams is that what jesus does unfortunately all the rubbish in christianity today makes people think that's acceptable because some of you in the churches you you go to or you've been to or your parents they tell you bring your pen and drop on the altar let them yes all that all that nonsense that's the reason why people that are completely fake can be taught to be real because those that are real do fake things tell people to bring are, are we native doctors bring your pen bring this let them pray on it we love things items you're there in front of the personal but they have to pray on mantle listen the reason paul prayed on things at a point in ephesus was because the people they needed to pray for were not there do you understand years ago in this angel he called it the blessed cloth and they'll carry much clothes i think others have done it and they'll pray on it pray and then send it out and then they will take it they ship it they post it to you and you take it and put on the sick person they will get so paul could say okay and take this apron when you go uh, lay it on the demon possessed person and the person will get delivered after they've traveled three days to go and put it but you i'm standing in front of you and i'm saying bring her what sorry if i get slightly angry i don't get angry much in this life but ah why don't you lay hands on him is he not standing in front of you what's the what's the in quote mantle for is he not your church member when you see him every sunday mm -mm, the problem is that pastors are not even allowed to be pastors so there's one top pastor somewhere who preaches and the pastor of this so-called church sits down he's a an usher there's one pastor then the rest everyone watches him on tv I understand if someone says once in twice a month once a month the overall pastor will share something yes even though i would rather you allow the people standing there to share what they share and then everybody go and listen to our big pastor's message do you understand that but that you become the holy spirit for every meeting in every meeting abba they write down the whole sermon in every branch i was i came out of the roman catholic church it's called the liturgy even those ones they they could di diversify and you're hearing about sermons being decided at the regional levels and all the pastors do is read it out dear god does the pastor have the holy spirit you know every day i keep being shocked too and these are even from so-called good churches from better churches what these things are lying this is wrong oh the seven churches in the book book of revelation were in a small area those seven churches and jesus said different things to the seven of them and then you take one sermon and impose on thousands of churches one sermon what a thing god is never saying the same thing i preach like this and people tell me tell people and i hear once in a while do you know everything pastor said was for me if you ask them what did he say 
they'll say one part another one will say do you know it's me they are preaching today what did he say another part another one another one another one you would think all of them had the same issue till you ask the specifics of what it is that was so direct to them then you find out that 28 people had different emphasis that's why i yield to the spirit when i'm preaching and i i, I touch whatever i feel him touching i touch whatever i feel him touching i don't stick to a sermon the way anybody wants because i'm always talking to someone some of them are seated before me some are not here some are tuned in online some are in another country and they say wow i tuned into your program today everything your pastor said he was talking to me and they are not even in nigeria and i know it's i'm conscious that god is saying that's why when i seem to deviate from my so-called message i don't worry i can preach 15 sermons in one sermon i don't feel bad because i know i am talking to someone my job is to open my mouth and he fills it up he's addressing different people in different places so it should be so how can you write a sermon from headquarters and send to me telling me what to say when you write a sermon and tell me what to say what happens with what the holy spirit had to say what happens so the holy spirit so so it means this brother if he's a preacher and next week he preaches then next week she preaches she must stand here and say what i oh god speak to me and i wrote a sermon and i passed it down and they stand and just read it out so what the holy spirit is quickening dies but it is said that to all who believe out of whose belly the regional pastor's belly shall flow rivers of living waters but in local pastor uh, out of your belly smoke come out out of everyone's belly here living water should flow if you have the spirit of god and the spirit of truth and you should be able to stand that's why when we at court tell people we have meetings where we say different people share whatever you have and we would allow people it's recent times because of the numbers and all that they may rush you those days one person could stand there and talk for one hour anybody they'll just go on for 30 minutes and everybody you sit down we are just listening and listening and listening and when we have small groups we still do that a lot even come to my house morning devotions everybody that has something to say will say except for the limitation of time in fact when we are late that's why we may be rushing to catch up with the children getting to school it's because of allowing people share i'm always desirous to allow people's rivers to run why is the river there if it can't run then it's not a river it's a pond of stagnant water do you know what happens to a pastor someone we're calling to minister to people that can't preach that has to keep parroting someone's sermon when do when do his rivers flow when does his fountain run what a thing we have outlets our group in incorrect when they met for months i've visited them once or twice is it twice or once No, I've never known what they are preaching. Never have I told them preach on this or say this. Never. We have meetings here. People come to handle things. In seasons when I'm away, there are times I stay away. 
I'm instructed by the Lord, stay away. And I stay away for one month, two months, three months, four months. Not once do I give them the topic to preach. Not once. What I did was teach them the way to the river. That's what I teach everyone. I teach you the way to the river. I teach you how to find God. I lay hands on you and ask for an impartation of God's spirit. You learn how to descend. I, I, I introduce you to the teacher, the Holy Spirit. You shall, do not call each other teachers, for you have one teacher. That's the one I introduce you to. Then I leave you alone. I send you to go evangelize. We don't tell you when you go evangelize about this. No. Whatever God lays on your heart. Anything. What do you have the Holy Spirit for? And that's why, you know, some people look at... look. This is now four or five years for some that are here. But years ago, in a very short while, they'll look at our people and wonder, wow. Sometimes people will tell me, I met one of your people. Yeah, this one is very sound. I said there are very many like that. I don't know which one you're describing. There are very many like that. And you think, some people think it just comes naturally. No. You teach people. You show them how. Say, this is how you study the Bible. This is how you dig up truth. See, you check like this. Just like digging up, mining things. This is how you look for. This is how. Then you push them to do it. You compel them to share. You compel them. You give them opportunity. Time after time after time. Why we told everybody, have a notebook. When you read your Bible in the morning, take down notes. Why we refuse to have devotionals. So you would create your own devotionals. And that made our people in expanding capacity to receive from God. When they look at their brother or sister that they came with one week ago, one month ago, and they go, ah, you wrote all this? Ah, God, where's mouth? Where's mouth? God will quarrel. God, where's mouth? They are compelled to dig themselves. And this is the process. And they have capacity. So when you tell them, share something, have something to share, they have. Even if they don't have a platform sometimes to stand and say it. The same way a full-time preacher will have. But go and look at their books. Go and look at their devotional books. Look at the sermons upon sermons. Even though they are not writing as sermons. They are just studying their Bible. That is how to develop people. Not when they are telling you what to say. And you have been in ministry for 25 years. Parroting what someone says. What a thing. Anyways. Drop this vexation. Let me go back to my original verse. T.B. Joshua. Listen. You know, some people say, someone wrote an article and said, someone said, ah, you don't talk about the dead with dishonor. I don't even know what that means. Number one, I've told you nobody is dead. Whatever you mean by dead, I don't know what you mean. Nobody really dies. They shoot me now. I fall. I'm not dead. My spirit is standing here looking at my body. Who is that? Ah, uh -uh. this guy is dressed like me. It's me, oh. Yekba. At least me, I don't know. Many of you wouldn't for a good while. You'd be like, what is happening here? Many people that die and come back, this is the story they tell. They see people running everywhere and they, they are dead looking. Hey, Moses, it's... The thing they always say is nobody sees them. Before they start moving away, some roam around some go and look that's why you hear sometimes when they say someone died someone will say i saw i saw my father i saw my mother standing across the gate i saw have you heard these stories because they actually move but there's a limitation on their time something will start dragging them away but some rush and go home and look at their mother 
some go and see and she starts crying oh my son maybe she gets a call and she says mama i'm here i'm here but she can't see and then after they, they may go and see their brother or sister in school you know all this very fast some they just think of the place they are there you know and after a while either angels or something will show up for them and say come and they'll take them away now how we know this is because some of them rose up again they came back from the dead but these are realities so what you call death is not really death death is when you it's like coming out of a car your body is your earth car it's for moving around on the earth that's what your body is for so people don't really die you notice jesus didn't used to say that he used to say sleep he's talking about your body it's just a separation but it's not permanent you join up again so the truth is that <clears throat> the lord apostles and disciples philip james john they had the real deal simon the sorcerer did not have the real deal he didn't have the real deal his was fake there's something like fake power fake christianity there's something like that and you have to know the difference if you don't know the difference hey, church of god church of god mm. that lady said that when they went there to interview his former teacher and things like that that they wrote in fake names into a register in writing in names pretending ah this is the register he used when he was in school they're faking things okay she could be lying <laughs> one somebody i know a relative's friend the sister came in from another country and went and stood there by the time they told them to pay their two hundred and fifty thousand, i don't know if that's the price they're still taking till the end and all those things you know shock at some people because his whole idea was to come on tv and pretend to be this super generous you see people everywhere saying very generous man what confusion someone that every time he wants to do anything he calls for a camera every time i want even if the, the the day this house does like this kum kum ka, kum kum ka, you will not bring our camera in fact that's the day our camera would, uh, when we even someone gave us this camera some time ago that's when the camera would die go make sure there's no record camera will die <laughs> that's when the camera will not work because god doesn't want you to be proud this one everybody you hear say oh, come uh, i'm not saying i studied him at all but i've stumbled across two or three over 2007 the first time i started hearing some of these terms and then they'll call they'll make sure everything is geared toward giving the impression i am powerful i am generous even all the showman preachers that are sincere but they like lying like too much none of them ever went near this kind of use of a camera and you see people lumping it all in and saying oh this is this is all jesus i don't know i don't know i get confused sometimes myself but this i know about spiritual things this i know I know that one moment Peter can open his mouth and Jesus says blessed are you Simon son of Jonah flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father which is in heaven 
four verses later four jesus turns to peter get behind me satan for you do not love the things which are of god but the things which are of men in other words god can use somebody powerfully and god the father can reveal things to a person and a very short while later satan is revealing things to that same person are you hearing me if it happened to peter it can happen to anybody and the problem is if you get used to listening to satan's voice loving the things how do i know someone is listening to the voice of the devil what he's doing i'm preaching is it what men like do men like people being philanthropic huh. people love you carrying bags of rice sharing in front of people as if you cannot share it behind quietly people like that jesus said don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing you you make sure the whole world not just your hands the earth sees every second what you're doing i'm not saying people cannot hear and be spot to good works like on sunday when i mentioned what we do with the income in this house and what i wasn't saying for us i was illustrating because i know there are people that listen to me talking about what a church a servant of god should do with income the money that comes into a church and there are many this is the main reason i, I don't know if i've ever said it i know there are people that hate and say him that is talking does he do it and that's why i pointed out say yes i practice what i preach i don't just preach it i practice it i practice it for years so I at least know that there's one person as much as i may say something that i've never heard anyone say this what does this mean one day someone told me they heard a preacher in ghana say the same thing you know as i was preaching say if you have any need make sure you make it known i was very excited i was very happy maybe that's the only other time i've heard an african preacher say such a thing i'm sure there are churches outside this country western world and all that that quietly run things like that awesome i know i haven't come across but i know I, apart from ministries that literally live to just support people i mean like irish ministries roland and heidi baker and those types that all they have they share with hundreds thousands tens of thousands thousands upon thousands of people they that's what they do with income while living in mud houses almost touch houses instead of building magnificent things they spend it on people that's my understanding what should we do i'm saying i only use ourselves as an illustration once in a while i mentioned that this is what we do so that you know at least one person is doing it so when you hear it you do not say nobody does that ah this is the way this pastor they talk who they do am nobody feed do am. i want them to know it's being done and you can do it and survive and not wear rags and crawl on the ground but generally speaking you're not supposed to let people know your acts of charity for me i don't even take it like yes it's an act of love and charity yes it is a big sacrifice involved however because you could use that and make yourself very comfortable in many ways acquire things just many things you have to give up things if you're going to be obedient to god but i take it more of not arms giving i don't think taking church money to give church people is arms giving that's what the church money is for i've said it church money is for church people church people cannot be pastor alone it is all those that are a member of that church the members of that church sometimes you we, we are, and the bible scriptures say you take care of them and then you take care of the world not just them but them first <clears> they <throat> don't go around making a show calling a camera every time you call someone okay take this fifty thousand naira 
it's from our ministry and you see people coming out oh they call me put a camera on me and threatened me told me don't come back or go away first but everything is for show camera camera tv camera tv camera show 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 and people look and say hey yeah what an epitome of love how confused can you be wait till the antichrist manifest he has already gotten you this is how simon the sorcerer was don't be a showboat don't do things for to be seen of men do not do your righteous works to be seen of men there's a difference between doing righteous works and men see it and record it and talk about it or even you record or god says talk about it in the book of matthew mark luke and john those are records of the things jesus began to do and teach the book of luke actually starts like that and acts of the apostles however jesus said in matthew 6 do not do you can't purposely make sure if, if you tell someone to follow you with a camera while you're praying for people to be healed so people learn how to heal like todd white perfectly okay people have watched many people have said they watched todd white and they went out and began to pray for people and healings happen everywhere it stirs up your faith to see wow this is possible but the motive always matters this his reason is right his teaching is like recording this message i am preaching now it's to so someone can watch it and learn we went on for a long time without going after any of this we couldn't afford it and even when we could we're busy using the money to support the poor amongst us so we couldn't buy when someone bought this for us on at once gave money just for this someone in lagos that happened to tune in one day and heard me say oh um okay so we had rented a camera for this god knows i didn't i wasn't even thinking of anything and then i get a message please sir can i give please i want to give a camera i didn't ask for a camera it didn't even cross my mind if we want to ask for things we could ask people will give but we don't barely ever do that only if it's really needful one time we say oh if you want to give towards the car you say it ah, and then someone that is somewhere else heard it someone in the u.s hears and others here and they say oh i want to give towards that and they give you're like wow you mean there was someone tuning in oh wow thank god but to go around have a habit of begging ah it's a completely different thing and then you can't act like you're generous i always find it funny when people who receive i can understand if things are tight and you're giving out you're generous you have a generous heart but when you're receiving millions every week tens if not hundreds of millions from everywhere around the world explain generosity define generosity what is generosity you have a drum full of things you use a spoon you scoop out and give people and you go around telling people how generous you are who is deceiving who one person's offering will be five million ten million then you bring out five million out of 200 million buy bags of rice share and they clap for you ah yeah 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 god help people ah god help people generosity is when you have five million and you give out 
Not when you have 100 million and you give out five. What, what, how are you generous? The man that has 5,000 naira and gives out 3,000 is more generous than you. By far. Do you hear my definition of generosity? It always looks at what you have left. That is how Jesus defined generosity. The poor widow woman. It looks at what you have left. Can't be boasting about an amount. Out of the abundance they gave. She, out of her poverty. That is giving. When Paul is talking about those who gave him and commending them, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, he mentions out of their poverty. Those are the only people. He, Philippians 4.19 And the God, uh, uh, I pray God that he's, the God of glory will supply all your need according to his riches in glory. He was writing to that church. He mentioned in 2 Corinthians 8. The ones who gave out of their deep poverty. Others that gave. He didn't talk about it. This one's gave. That's real giving. The type you commend as a sacrifice. Not Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Uh, how much do we need? You put your hand and pull out a word of notes. A hundred thousand is in your pocket. You peel off ten thousand. You give. You put, yes, I just felt I should support the work. Pass, please. Next. How much am I going to praise you? Please, pass fast. You gave one tenth of what's on you. Thank you. I appreciate it. But don't make it drama. You gave one tenth. Another person comes, has one thousand naira and gives five hundred naira. That one has given what? Five over ten. In God's eyes, this person is more generous. Out of all he has in this world is one thousand. I go praising you. That's confusion. Every time we do things like that, we confuse people. You're giving the people the impression. That's why people swear in this life I'll have money, even if I kill someone. Because they, they don't feel appreciated. They don't know that God looks at what is left. They think God looks at the amounts you give. Jesus praised one person that day in the synagogue. And it was the poor woman that gave the smallest amount possible. We must learn. If we truly claim to see and try to be like Jesus, shouldn't we think like him? See through his eyes? Let's understand these things. I was saying that you can have different things you bring and you bring the wrong thing. You don't bring complete. You may have all of these different things I described, but you don't have incense. So it's incomplete. And I was explaining about being bright and shining, free of grumbling. And complaining so to bring acceptable incense you must be free of complaining and murmuring this has been my emphasis for days this is victory the Bible says this is Judah Judah means praise and that God has given Judah the land if you look at 2nd Corinthians chapter 2 look at what he said from verse 14 to 16 or to 17 but thanks be to God who always leads us triumphantly as captives in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the sweet aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. 
to the one we are an odor of death and demise to the other a fragrance that brings life and who is qualified for such a task for we are not like so many others who peddle the word of god for profit on the contrary in christ we speak before god with sincerity as men sent from god do you hear paul say that many were peddling the word of god for profit i'd like to hear that in another translation we are not like so many others who handle god's message as if it were cheap merchandise but because god has sent us we speak with sincerity in his presence as servants of christ did you hear that handle god's word like cheap merchandise it's very popular in the body of christ the body of christ doesn't like teachers much here except the ones that teach them how financial money related things you don't handle the word of god like cheap merchandise it's not the word of god was never to be handled the way we handle it never the word of god is to be handled as the truth the word of god is to be handled as light what it is the word of god is to be handled properly you don't sell the word of god is not something you sell people go around selling the word of god all over the place they go around offering you see a banner and it's like a list of products you have not seen it. and and it's advertised with the same voice they advertise things on jumia Hmm. Hmm. It's very hard to advertise God like that and uh, back it up. Because many times God doesn't want to shop in those things. So, do you know what leads so many so called servants of God to go into dabbling into juju? using diabolic power because they have to deliver after advertising like that people came for something all over africa people gather purported christians not for to learn the ways of righteousness but to be entertained there's this incredible mixture it's horrific and you see people gather for the purpose of being entertained they come and from the beginning since at every time you have to keep people excited so the words you say you can't even talk like this you have to be shouting pump them up you have to have musicians to pump them up who can somersault you have to have everything is geared the pastor you know i remember going to buy a pair of shoes and i needed a suit at the time i was still working a corporate office and and i saw 
Say, what suit do you have? I don't know if I bought a suit at the time I was for later. And I saw these shiny suits. I was like, dear God, who will wear this kind of thing? Look at me in my ignorance. Looking for, I said, blue. He went and brought this shiny metallic blue. I was like, I laughed. What are you saying? I'm looking for sober navy blue, sober colors. I'm, I work in an office. But I was actually wondering. So I, I didn't know when my mouth slipped. And I went, who, who buy this kind of thing? The man, without, I just said in passing, I didn't know. He said, oh, no problem. Don't worry, a pastor will buy it. You know. <laughs> and he hit me. I went like, oh, God, it's true. Because I was thinking, we don't have those kind of musicians, you know, around here, really, you know, shiny, you know, that, you know, you know dancing with the uh, mic stand and all that. Because those are the kind of people that look like that, fantastic looking. Just calmly, he said, no, very good, Pastor Bam. A pastor will pick this thing, he won't waste time. I now recall this true celebrities, because I was wondering, we don't have celebrities in New York like that. And I realized, no, that pastors are the, they are present everywhere. They are the resident celebrities of, of African towns. And I didn't feel good about it. I know there are people that say, leave Joe, God wants his people to shine. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. God knows I don't know. I, but I'm concerned. I am concerned that there are people who are, who are supposed to be the humblest people who don't stick out themselves are the ones that stick out themselves the most. I was in the airport in Lagos some years ago and a, a young man, looked very young, handsome, very handsome, uh, you know, shorter than average height. Like he wasn't average height, he was shorter. I'm average height. No, he was a bit shorter. Young guy. Nani Comfy was wearing brown metallic, you know, shiny, very tight. Looked, and I was wondering who is he? Is he some government official? Till I realized, you know, I think he sat at a table near me in the in the uh, atrium MM2, you know. And, and someone said, Oh, and I heard man of God. I went like, oh, oh, it's a preacher. It's a preacher. I should have known. Very shiny. So it's either an actress. So the people that may shine, you know, is either an actress. A musician, you know, they have to maintain that uh, persona, you know, passing, you know, and people are like, hey, that's this person, or that, or a pastor. I'm not saying it's a sin, but I'm just saying that the word of God is not for making profits. Why did he say here that God leads us triumphantly? Did you see here, verse 14? God leads us triumphantly as captives. Do you even understand what you're reading? As captives in Christ. Which captive goes around shining for the world? I'm not saying you can't wear nice things. I'm saying you can't go around this life sticking out like a sore thumb. Hey, you can't want to be seen habitually. It's a very unhealthy mindset. It's unhealthy. I'm not saying you can't have nice things. I'm saying that you can't want to be the sinusure of all eyes. That is not the nature of captives. 
God leads us triumphantly as captives. That seems to be a paradox. What kind of triumph? It is those who conquer that hold captives. When you allow Jesus to capture you, you are a victor. You are triumphant. It's in losing your life that you find it. Do you understand this? And through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Do you remember what I said earlier on? What brought us here? That incense is put on fire for the smoke to go up. This captivity is fire. This restraint. What's captivity? Being restrained, bound, held down. A captive can't express himself as he wishes. Do you know how Paul introduced himself everywhere? Paul, a bond servant. That's a captive. Why do you think Paul was so efficient? Because he stayed bound. And here you are with people who go around boasting about how free they are in Jesus. Listen, the Bible tells you that you are free to not use your freedom as an occasion for your flesh, but to use it for God. Your freedom enslaves you. I've shown you, I'm sorry I won't explain this seriously. You have to look it up. Uh, get our former messages and listen to it but i've explained that when according under the law which is which tells you explains what your experience is today under the law you are sold into bondage to your brother or sister into a stranger's hand because of your debt when you owe you're a sinner the bible says forgive your sins as you forgive those who sin against us and another rendition says forgive our debts as we forgive those who forgive our debtors have you read that it says that to tell you this that sin is debt if you want to understand sin always think debt have you ever owed someone debt d-e-b-t not debt 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 Eh? okay it's pronounced debt okay so if someone sells themselves they are to redeem let me read Leviticus 25 if one of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sells some of their property no that's not what I want <clears throat> verse 35 if any of your fellow Israelites become poor and are unable to support themselves among you help them as you would a foreigner and stranger so that they continue to live among you do not take interest or any profit from them but fear your god so that you may they may continue to live among you okay so verse 39 if any of your fellow israelites become poor and sell themselves to you do not make them walk as slaves they are to be treated as hired workers or temporary residents among you. They are to work for you until the year of Jubilee. Then they and their children are to be released and they will go back to their own clans and to the property of their ancestors. Because the Israelites are my servants whom I brought out of Egypt. They must not be sold as slaves. Do not rule over them ruthlessly, but fear your God. Let me explain a little. I said I wouldn't go much, but I have put myself in that box now. Listen. This is a picture of what Jesus did. If I go on reading, oh dear God, verse 47. 
If a foreigner residing among you becomes rich, and any of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sell themselves to the foreigner or to a member of the foreigner's clan, they retain the right of redemption after they have sold themselves. Listen, one of their relatives may redeem them. Your King James says, a near kinsman. An uncle or a cousin or any blood relative in their clan may redeem them. Or if they prosper, they may redeem themselves. Let me explain. Every one of you know, ah, Jesus is our near kinsman, our kinsman redeemer. You know that phrase? This is where it is gotten from. But many don't understand. They only say Jesus redeemed us. This law here, this is what it means. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. This has set us free. Jesus, in Christ Jesus, this law is activated in the spirit. Jesus is, why did Jesus become a human being? So he could be a close relative or King James, kinsman. The only reason Jesus had to become a human being is so he could save humanity. The reason the Son of God had to take on human flesh was so he could qualify to fulfill this law. I have just read from Leviticus chapter 25 from verse 47. The Lord Jesus is your close relative that you you became poor. You were sold to sin. This is what Paul was preaching. When you hear Paul, it's elaborating on all this in Romans 6. This is what he's talking about. Remember, I told you this last week, as I've told you many times. If you don't know Moses, you don't know Jesus. Jesus said so. He said, if you did not believe Moses, how can you believe me? And you have a whole group of people throwing away Moses. Saying, ah, Moses is past tense. Jesus said, if you did not believe Moses, you will not believe me. You need Moses to understand Jesus. Paul, all of them, they were preaching Moses. When they came, <laughs> it's very funny. When God opens your eyes, he, in Acts 15, they said, Ah, all those Gentiles must also be circumcised. And Paul and Barnabas came and said, See, some of your people are saying these people must be circumcised before they can be accepted as believers. The people got together and said, No. Now they said, Listen, we don't need to say too much. For in every city, Moses is read. Moses is being taught about already. So we just need to elaborate on it. You need Moses to bring Jesus. The law comes through Moses. Grace and truth comes through Jesus. You need the law, you need grace and you need truth. You don't need only grace and truth. All that is confusion. Lack of understanding. The law is good. Romans 7, 14. The law is good. The law is spiritual. The law is holy. Romans 7, verse 12, verse 14. Paul, Romans 3. Do we set aside the law? God forbid we uphold the law. Jesus, Matthew 5. Do you think I came to abolish the law? No. But to fulfill it. And it could go on and on. The law is not natural. The law is spiritual. The problem with carnal men is that they do not see the spiritual dimensions of the law. Because the spirit of God was to teach that. And men without the spirit cannot understand spiritual things. For spiritual things are spiritually discerned. First Corinthians chapter 2. He that is spiritual judges all things including the law. The spirit of truth, when he comes, he will teach you all things. Which all things? The law. 
He will break it down. He will give you understanding. So I'm giving you an example now. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. He's the one that shows up. When he shows up, it's really easy. Okay, come. This man became poor. In other words, sin. The weight of sin. So sin makes him a slave. Read Romans 6. It's very clear there. Sin takes him captive. Oga, come and be sin. And takes him captive. Take him off. And he becomes a slave to sin. A near relative comes. Sin deals with him harshly. Oppresses him. Like it oppresses all of us. You've been under the power of sin. You know it's not enjoyable. You know how you hate yourself. A near relative comes. The Lord Jesus the righteous one and pays off his debt you all know the story of jesus paying off our debt with his blood and takes him off you heard me read it he said don't treat him harshly because the law prophesied until john the law matthew 11 tells you the law is prophecies jesus takes him and he's supposed to become a slave to righteousness. Do you know what many people believe Jesus does? This is what you believe. Jesus takes you from sin. You are free. Go and live your life as you please. Be happy. Take money as you're going. Be a millionaire. There's no scripture like that. I've just read it to you in Leviticus 25. No. Jesus said it clearly in Matthew chapter 11. Take my yoke. This is what he meant. Take my yoke upon you. This guy's yoke was on him. The yoke of sin and death. It's removed for sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Those verses. You see, you see the problem with not knowing the law? Everything in the New Testament you think is a random statement. Mm -mm. It is the continuation. It is Matthew 5, 6, 7. It is exactly what Jesus did when he said, It is written. But I say, it is written, but I say, Jesus is the teacher of righteousness who comes and elaborates on, he continues what was said. He comes to fulfill that law. Moses said, you shall not look upon a woman to lust after her. But I, Moses said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say, even looking at her and imagining yourself committing adultery is adultery. Why? Because those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't just do it with your body. In your mind, your spirit, if you're committing it, God is the God of spirit. He sees your heart and he sees you committing that thing. It's not, it is written, thou shalt not murder. But I say, if you're angry against your brother without reason and you call your brother a fool, you're in danger of this. If you call your brother worthless, you're in danger of this. If you call your brother... He goes on to elaborate on murder. That it is not till you hit them or stab them with a knife. This is the job Jesus came to do. To fulfill God's original intention when he gave the law. Are you listening? This is why much of the church either are legalistic or lawless. Because they don't understand the relationship between the law and grace 
Many sincere people who love God, they look at the Bible, but they don't understand. If you want to understand grace, you must go to the law because there is no greater expression of grace than that which the law tells you. The law is a prophecy of grace. When it tells you at the end of every seven years, free your brother, what is grace more than freedom? When it says at the end of, in the year of Jubilee that we just read, that's the 49th year. Jubilee is when everyone is freed from all obligations and set free to go back to occupy their original inheritance that they were given in Jesus. I've gone on in times past to go way beyond the judgment seat to show you how that works eschatologically. How far into the future there will be a jubilee for all the earth. But I don't want to go into that now. It contains the big plan of God. The big plan of God for all of humanity. And it's way more beautiful. It's the ultimate grace. It's fantastic. It's called the riches of His grace. The yoke is removed because sin no longer should have dominion over you. So Jesus, Paul, by the spirit of truth, is explaining. He's elaborating on Leviticus chapter 25. And what does Jesus say? Come to me, all those who labor under, come on, sin and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take upon you my yoke, for it is easy and my burden is light does jesus leave you with no burden or no yoke he puts a yoke and a burden on you but you cannot compare it to the other can you understand why god has a problem with people who come to jesus and don't want to be under authority don't want to be under anything who there's nothing like a free floating organism in this earth something must rule over you and Jesus, the scriptures explain in Romans 6, it says, Whosoever you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are, either unto sin, which leads to lawlessness, anomia, iniquity, or to righteousness, obedience, which leads to righteousness, which leads to holiness. All of this, Romans 6, all that. Go read it. This is the story of redemption. Jesus is our near kinsman who shows up and saves us and takes us off. And what's the promise? He will not rule over you harshly. This translation, NIV said, ruthlessly. Be sin does. Jesus is not ruthless. He cares for you. His yoke is light. But there's a yoke. I keep telling people, there's a yoke. Don't come to Jesus and say, I am free. Don't tell me what to do. In Jesus, I am free. All those teaching this are teaching lawlessness. They don't understand what they are saying. They are trying to teach the law of Christ, but they don't understand what they are saying. Jesus is Lord. Dear God, what do you mean by Jesus is Lord if you are not under his authority and he doesn't give you commands? Then he's Lord of what? Of your thoughts? Jesus is Lord because he commands you around. Lords have domains and houses and they order their household. 
So when Paul says a servant, a slave of Christ, he's not just mouthing words. He's under authority. You don't say Jesus is Lord, then you're lawless. In every domain of a Lord, there are laws. You must abide by them. What do you think all the scriptures in the New Testament that tell you, don't do this, don't do that. Make sure you don't do this. Make sure you don't do this. Command the children, tell them to do this. Those who don't walk should not eat one thing after another. Those are commands of your Lord. Don't call Jesus Lord if you don't take commands. Say no, in Jesus there are no rules. No, no, God is not a God of rules. There are rules. All the way to Revelations, rules everywhere. If there are no rules, then why is there punishment for sin? <clears throat> if there are no rules, why is there punishment? How many of you know without, I think Romans 5, without law, there's no penalty. You don't penalize someone if there's no law. There was no law that said, don't touch this chair. And I touched it, something happened. You don't tell me to pay for it. But if there's a clear law, don't touch. And you touch it, you're penalized. That's how it works. The Bible says the law was given because of transgressions. Because people were damaging things. Then God said, ah, I think we need to let these people know there are consequences. Oh. Let me explain what that means. If you have a little child that cannot understand English, are there children like that? So were all of you. Yes? Was there a time you didn't understand English? Yes. Can you make a law for a child? Come here, you four months old. Don't touch this thing. The day you touch it, I'll deal with you. It's nothing like that. There have always been laws in the spirit. Before mankind, before Adam was created, God help me not go too far. Before Adam was created, there were laws. The law was brought in because of transgression. When mankind began to err, the very beginning, <clears throat> you think death was created when Adam sinned? God said, that the day you sin, you die. I don't want to go far, but we keep making this mistake in thinking we are the first project God ever carried out. The sooner you get over yourself, the better it is. In the beginning, Genesis 1, God created the heavens and the earth. Full stop. And the earth was formless and void. The book of Isaiah 45 says, God did not create the earth to be void. So what happened? Between verse 1 and 2, God knows how much time passed. God did not create formlessness and void. God created the heavens and the earth. Then something happened in between. And water was everywhere. <clears throat> what you have in Genesis 1 is a continuation of a story that began in, began in verse 1. Then God said, And the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters, the deep, the abyss. That's water. That's why you never hear it said, God created the earth, uh, the land. God created the water. You never read that. From verse 2, there's already water and land. 
and god is dividing things separating water is everywhere and god is making the earth to arise and separate from the waters then he separates the waters below from the waters above first then he say, he says let there be light because everywhere was dark <clears throat> the beginning was the word the word was with god the word was god in him was life this life is the light of man god said let there be light boom by him were all things made without him was nothing made that was made so light first because by him were all things made and without him was nothing that was made made so by the light which comes first it was in the beginning of his creations book of proverbs and then he makes and he begins to separate things water above the firmament water below he divides the water takes away some of it separates the land causes it to bear <coughs> greenery calls forth on day four the lights but he already created light on day one but now he puts the light you see the greater light the brighter light sun the lesser light moon and the stars want to rule the day want to rule the night the day he called the the light he called day the darkness he called night that's from day one he was setting patterns and ordinances for us rules that apply forever till today there are day seasons and night seasons and it's not necessarily linked to the darkness and the dusk that has just engulfed us now no these are spiritual things there are seasons of the day and there are seasons of night there are seasons when the greater light rules in your life and manifests itself ah jesus jesus everywhere everything is so happy and clear and there are night seasons when there's less light if you learn to understand these ordinances these ways of god these things that god does with mankind it will help you tremendously you understand that this was not just physical creation this was god setting patterns for how things will be in the life of all this light lights everyone who comes into the world what do you think jesus is the lesser light or the greater light he's the greater light i won't go down that path i'm going to stop now because i'm not ready this much i will say take this away from that place that the enemy of your soul satan pushed your first father and mother mankind adam and eve to disobey god there was already a law and the law was what enjoy but don't eat this one fruit that's a law in case you don't understand that is a law all the trees of the garden you may eat but don't eat this that is a law in the day you eat it you die that's a penalty it's not that confusing so even when you say there was no law be careful what you understand it to mean because there was a law one law there was one law at the beginning thou shalt not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil 
That was the law. That was all. Take that and go home. Don't eat of this one tree. Enjoy. No other rules. Do anything you want, but don't eat. They ate it. You know how it is when they say don't do something. Let me show it to you in verse 13, chapter 5. Let me read from verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. So death rode on sin and entered the world through the actions of one man. And in this way, death came to all people because all sin. How? Through the one man. Everybody became a sinner. It's the nature of inherited sin. To tell even the fourth generation, it passes down. To be sure, listen, to be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. Have you heard it? Do you hear it said sin was here before the law was given? It's not saying before any law. It's referring to the law of Moses specifically. Do you understand? Not that there were no laws at all, but the law of Moses. Sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law sounds confusing sin was in the world but sin is not charged against anyone's account when there is no law so there's sin but there's no law that says certain things so it's not held against you there's no law about how you marry so you can marry your sister but when the law was given you are now told you shall not marry your sister it doesn't mean it was not a sin Something in your mind is still saying, oh, it's true, okay, it wasn't wrong before. No, it was wrong. It was still wrong. It was still a sin. Did we just read that there was sin before there was the law? It was still a sin. Ah, no, I have to say it five times for it to enter these people's head. You know how your heads have been fixed in one place. I am about to uproot it. You lose your head for Christ. Now, I will behead you with the word sword of truth. Get ready. Blood is about to fly. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command. As did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. Verse 20. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness. To bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. To set you free. You know freedom in a way. This freedom Jesus got for us, you know it in a whole new way. The freedom Jesus brings is not the freedom of no responsibility to anybody. It's a freedom that comes with less, less pain and harshness. It's a freedom with, that comes with... You are now a slave to that, your near kinsman. You now become a slave to Jesus. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
he gave himself for you to buy you away from your former master he took upon himself the sins of the world to free you now you the life which you live is not yours but his that means you owe him every second but he's a kind master he doesn't follow you around and force you and drag you he's he seems to be very gentle that's why you can seem to misbehave and it seems he, he he doesn't do what he likes to you and it is that gentleness that we abuse because we don't understand gentleness we understood when we were slaves to sin but when you come to jesus you take him for granted you do what you like you know what he wants you know he doesn't like something you do it still with this attitude that anytime i want i'll show up again you tell i'm sorry sorry please i'm hungry where have you been for the past seven days don't worry about that just forgive me you know you're kind now you couldn't try that with the devil You know how some of you, the devil puts you on a clock every month or every week or every day. You must commit certain sins. When he ruled over your family, you know the problem with sin, he brings a curse. And, uh, every month you fall sick. You must. That's how your master flows. That's how it will be. Every week you must fall to one sin. There's something you hate that always rules over you whether it comes daily weekly monthly yearly every two years three but there are multiple things that's the rule of sin jesus is not like that he's your near relative who bought you and we take him for granted terribly we shouldn't let me just toss in a verse just to to, to pull your leg hmm? earlier on i told you about romans 3 you want the verse verse 31 do we then nullify the law by this faith not at all rather we uphold the law that's romans 3 31 i just want you to write know it is there you don't think i'm quoting quoting things that don't exist i want to read you romans 7 who, what's this letter called? Who is this letter to? Rome? Romans. Book of Romans was written to the church in, in Rome. Listen to something. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone as long as that person lives? I don't understand. Is he writing to the Hebrews? Have you heard people try to bash the book of Hebrews and say it was written to Jews? Oh, there's nothing they have not done. They bashed James. They bashed Peter that he was writing to the 12 tribes. He was at writing to Jews. This Roman Zunko. He's, should I read it again? For I am speaking to those who know the law. Why should they know the law? Because before grace and truth is the law. You want to teach people grace and truth? What I'm doing to you right now is what was supposed to be done with scriptures. You show them the law and then you show them grace and truth. Are you understanding? We, we, we messed it all up. Because of many sincere people who read the book of Romans, ignored the verses they don't understand. I just gave you Romans 3.31. It says we do not nullify the law. We uphold it. And here we are going around using the book of Romans, especially in Galatians, to nullify the law. The book of Galatians, there is no place. Paul everything he was teaching was from the law 
How could he teach it if he didn't know the law? I gave you verse 12. The law. Romans 7, 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. I'm reading your Bible. I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. The law te tells you what is wrong. But it also tells you what to do about it. The instructions are extracted from here. Verse 12. So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. This is Paul, the apostle of grace. Did that which is good then become death to me? What is he referring to? The law. Did it become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it use what is good to bring about my death so that through the commandment sin might become utterly sinful the law shows you clearly how bad sin is that's the job of the law sin sin is bad if people sin this is what should happen if someone does this this is the penalty if this this is the penalty if this this is i think i showed you leviticus i think it's chapter 18 shows you sexual related sins to relative and then it jumps, and then it shows him verse chapter 20, the consequences, the same sins with the consequences. The Bible calls it the law, Ten Commandments, the law, precepts, the specifics like those passages I just gave you, judgments or penalties, the other chapter I just gave you. This is how the scriptures work. You're supposed to know them all. Why? Because all those laws are still in force. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Heaven and earth will pass away. Not one jot or tittle of the law will fail. And it's very easy. Has heaven and earth passed away? No. Will the heavens and earth pass away? Yes. The Bible tells you that the heavens and earth will pass away and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. In other words, as long as this present heavens and earth are in force, the law is in force. The absence of law is called anomia. Your King James calls it iniquity. Other translations, NSB and others, call it lawlessness. It's better to understand it that way. Iniquity sounds very iniquitous. <laughs> and ubiquitous <laughs> everywhere. Iniquity just sounds bad. If I tell you you've committed an iniquity, you say, no, now it's not bad like that. <laughs> but if I say, ah, that's very lawless behavior, you won't think it so much. What's lawless? The absence of law. That's all. That's what lawlessness is. Less law. No law. You act like there's no law. When there's law, people behave. When lawlessness reigns, or anarchy as it's often called, like during the riots or something happens in America, here, anywhere, right now in some cities in America, lawlessness is happening because the police is resigning. Police people are walking away from their jobs. Whenever there's lawlessness, criminals arise and are very happy because criminality thrives in lawlessness. That's where people bring weapons. That's when whoever is stronger does what they like. That's when the guy that has been eyeing fine, the fine girl walks in and says, hey, where is And hits down the door and comes in and rapes her and goes away. There's no fear. But when law rules, you pick the phone, you call, the police arrives in minutes. At least in some countries. That's the whole idea of law. 
being lawful and lawless. The law is something God allows to bring peace and control men. But do you know why righteous people do not need the law? Why Galatians 5 tells you against such the fruit of the Spirit. There is no law. There is no law against being kind. There is no law against being peaceful. There is no law against being long-suffering. There is no law against being humble. There is no law against being faithful. There is no law against the nine fruit of the spirit, love, joy, goodness, meekness, all of that. There is no law against such. There is no law. But there is a law against the works of the flesh, which is listed from the earlier part. For the works of the flesh are obvious, apparent. And he begins to tell you this and that. The question, do Christians do any of those things on that list? Do they? As long as Christians are still acting unlawfully, the law is necessary. I read that in First Timothy chapter 1, not too long ago. Are you understanding? The law has a reason. You see people busy saying that they don't need the law. You don't need the law, but you are lawless. The only condition under which you don't need the law is when you're manifesting the fruit of the Spirit completely. Are you understanding this? So a Paul might not need the law. Some children of God don't need the law because they've chosen to do what is right. It's not because of the law existence that they obey. They obey because they are a good tree planted by a river of living water you're bringing forth each fruit in due season when it's needed peace is needed that fruit is available when faithfulness is needed in your workplace that fruit is available are you understanding due season every fruit in its due season when it's needed ah this is the season for joy you're joyful when is the season for humility you're humble someone shouts on you on the road you're an idiot what's needed there meekness not you may need peace too. You may need long suffering. But per situation, the available fruit is there. But if you are a fighter, a railer, that fruit of work of the flesh is available in you. If the law is not in place, you people are going to start fighting on that road. You will abuse him back. You may come out. God punish you. You know the response is not God punish you. What's the response? Your father. What's the response to, to God points your father? Your mother. God points your mother. What, what's the response to that? Your village. Family. The response is your state. <laughs> your continent. <laughs> and next thing, abuse is not working. It's not entering him. So the law is needed is the fear of what a governmental law will do that will make you hold yourself on the law of moses would say in such an event the, there are consequences they will ask for witnesses what happened then the judges will look at it the priests the levites that were placed in all the different tribes and they will access it and they will tell the witnesses make sure you don't bear false witness remember the law against false witness law chapter uh, number nine good what happened this one is the one that came they were talking with mouth then this one went and hit him first ah oh god you're the one that started it lie down and then they'll flog him it depends on the kind of event the law the precepts the penalties are listed out all those things you read in exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy give you the details of how god said they should run things 
and that's when you think about it you say no i won't punch him they may flog me in public there was even a law you cannot flog him anybody beyond 40. that means they can flog you 40 uh, 39 they can flog you 25 they can flog you six do you understand and that's how they will hold someone's father and impart to him ministry that as he's walking around for the next he may not go out much you go to his house he's lying down to receive you and he's only lying down face down he can't sit lying down by his side to eat what happens next time fight says let me manifest he says fight if i catch you as i'm here so am i looking for your trouble leave me alone the bible says follow peace with all men as much as lies with you this is the job of the law the law was to make and i've read that in first timothy one i've read that i've shown you now today god knows how we got here i didn't come here to talk about the law at all but i did mention i was showing you how powerful the law of god is why the scriptures are not devoid of the law and why any attempt to get rid of the law or what the bible calls the scriptures is unacceptable you are a sweet aroma of christ among those that are being saved and those that are perishing that's i read it already second corinthians 2 verse 15. this is what incense is paul is not just talking your life when you allow god to mix in all the necessary parts petitions requests prayers and the other events of your life together it creates thankfulness it creates an incense that when they now add it to fire that i was showing you in first peter chapter 4 and peter said don't be surprised about the fiery trials that it is used i didn't finish reading so so let's go finish that so i can come back and finish and take questions dear friends verse 12 do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of christ <coughs> how did jesus become the sacrifice he became as he suffered suffering is the, the of suffering is what sends up the incense the best kind of praise and thanksgiving is the one you give when you're in pain when everything seems dark the most powerful worship is not the worship hey i got a job oh. i got a job oh. i got a job do you ask me how much for salary hey how much how much oh just runs around the compound 250 <laughs> and say kai i will praise god on sunday ah oh my god scandale to me you see that kind of praise any unbeliever can do it 
in fact baby mice when they feed them well they do the same thing rats animals have you seen a well-fed dog he's happy like that he's happier than you you see how he run around eh? free out of his cage see joy we are free <laughs> used to have a dog as the dog open the cage they keep food though the guy that which food i beg you run see the joy of freedom Whew. Uh-huh. now chop be that man run again small you want to offer incense the really powerful one is in trials and persecutions this has happened again that has happened because of your love for jesus everybody is treating you like trash in your office they even accuse you falsely because they ganged up against you you're the one that writes the correct time on the time book when you come by 7 58 work resumes by 8 o'clock you come by 7 58 and you write there 7 58 but everybody before you, the person that just wrote before you wrote 7 40 like the clock is somehow always you don't even understand it and you used to be like them then you now went to this nonsense church where the pastor said you have to be righteous all the time what rubbish how can you be righteous all the time who does not know that righteousness is for sunday morning only you that nonsense church you go to everybody knows on sunday that you're righteous from your head what you tie on it down the length of the skirt but during the week everybody knows you can wear anything that god looks does, looks at the heart confusion so you bring your righteousness everywhere keep your righteousness to yourself you're putting people in trouble there didn't used to be any problem in this office nobody was ever ever charged because you see 758 after the next 20 people come after that and write 759 so they wonder did you come in one bus did they use one bus and bring all of you 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 live together you people have rented one public residence they know there will be a problem. <laughs> 759, 759, 759, 759, 759, 759 and a half. <laughs> All because of, because of what? Before, everybody knows if you minded yourself and wrote 742, everybody would have spread to one, one minute, one, one minute, one minute, two minute. Everybody would have shared among themselves. So by the time the last person came by 8.45, you would have been able to write 8 a.m. on the dot. But you have gone and moved the clock to the real time. Who does that? Can't everybody see that it's not 7.30 now? Since work starts at 7.30, everybody can see this 7. Everybody knows Oga will not come till 9. Why must you do this? To prove, to prove. That is only you that is going to heaven. So they gang up, they lie against you. They do you a Daniel. They do you a Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They say, sorry, my Lord King. There are three people that didn't bow. I know you didn't notice, my Lord. They didn't bow. When they play the music, those guys didn't bow. You want to? Okay, watch and see. Call them for me. They said Nebuchadnezzar was short and very bad tempered. 
Is it true? Have you not read in your Bible? Is it true? You thought he saw, he didn't see. He said that. He said, is it true? He didn't see. Then he was told. Who told him? Do you remember they were high officials? Nominated by Daniel. Is it true? I'm not sure. Should you guys are correct, guys? Let them play the music again. Let these guys prove their loyalty. They say, King, don't bother. Don't bother. Let them not play again. We won't bow. God is able to save us, but even if he doesn't save us, we'll end bowing. The king got angry. Increased that fire seven times. Bracket. So they will die faster without feeling the pain as much. If you think about it, the less hot it is, the more painful the death. The hotter it is, the quicker you die. Anger is a very useless thing. That's why it dwells in the heart of fools. When you're angry, you don't think well. You should have said reduce the fire. I increased it. The people that are carrying them died from carrying. See fire, see them. Ah! And fried. That's how hot the fire was. So even people that were not qualified were promoted wherever. Make it seven times hotter. Jesus goes, hmm, I like it when it's this hot. You know, seven is the number of the law of perfection. And the law goes, oh, I think there are some perfect people somewhere. You show up. Jesus shows up. What's happening here? Ah, guys. Now, now, then this is potluck for. Awesome. How are you? What's this rope doing on you? Okay, that's wonderful. Correct, guys. You guys go. Don't worry. <laughs> You're going back. That king. Should I just see guys? You can go mad. Seven years. Seven is for seven. <laughs> Let me not talk too much. It's Daniel that has this job. It's not you people. Don't tell anybody. Tell anybody. Go back. Go back. He's calling you. Look at him. He's calling you guys. By then the king is saying, Didn't we throw three men in there? Number one, they shouldn't even be alive. So, say, who is the foot? Who is discussing the foot? There shouldn't be any standing. The ones that carried them didn't come back. It doesn't matter how many they are. But again, you know how it is. I tell you, die. You don't die. You don't have respect. Who is the foot person? So you jump the issue at hand and discuss. Okay. <laughs> that he looks like the son of God. Wow. <clears throat> Shadrach. Uh, Meshach, Abednego, uh, uh, servants of God, uh, come. Come first. That's why the Lord says, all right, see you guys. It's okay. Have a great life. They'll change the laws today for what you have done. Well done, guys. And they came out of that fire. The king changed the law of the land. You see, if I catch you saying anything negative about these people's gods, I say, I didn't say I'm one of them now. But if you even talk against them, they turn your house into rubble. A dung hill is a place where people throw trash and defecate. And he wasn't joking. He said the timber, they'll use it and impel you. I know the Bible, King James, I say they hung them. But it said, actually, the be better rendition is impel. They will run it through you. They will sharpen the edge and run it through you. And you go like that. Yeah. So everybody will see there. Your skeleton will be hanging there. And everybody will talk about you. What did he do? Mm. He spoke against the mighty God of Israel. 
That's what their obedience acquired. And that's what obedience... That's why Paul says. That's why Peter says. That's why scriptures say. Rejoice when you fall into diverse trials. The opposite of what should be. That's what scripture says. Instead of allowing you to mourn and moan and woe. So, you're being persecuted by your colleagues. You're being persecuted by your classmates. You're the one that won't allow them to cheat. Everybody's passing paper. You say, please don't bring that paper near me. Please. I'm not part of any of that. Your refusal makes everyone dislike you. When they are submitting assignments, you can't say, please submit for me. People act like they don't know you. The Bible says in the midst of this suffering for Jesus. Go back, read first. Peter chapter 4. He says, if you can give him praise, not the guy that has a salary of half a quarter of a million, but the one who has things looking so bad, and you come for a church meeting, or you kneel down in the morning, or you stand up, you're about to pray and sleep, or wake up in the morning, and you open your mouth. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to... Now, your heart is heavy, but you ignore your heart. In the city of... And you put your eyes on Jesus. Only. The mountain of his holiness we lift our hands. We praise to the Father. He's the ruler of all things. And you're... And from there it flows over and you're enjoying it. Thank you for the love you have. And you go on. And then you enter another song comes and you... I will fly, 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 fly. And you're enjoying yourself. And then you're smiling foolishly. And then you're happy. And then you're... It does not fit because all you want to do is call in a corner. Your pillow. God, why? If you learn the way of the Spirit, if you know the power... You will walk in on this earth. If you know and abide by the laws. Do you understand that it doesn't matter how the high priest felt. And the priest that they were still supposed to bring this morning and evening. Are you understanding that the incense supply was not dictated by how the priest felt. There is no law in Numbers uh, Exodus 30 that says. Depending on how thou shalt feel. Thou may bring the incense and offer it. If thou feelest low. Thou must not go. On such a day, thou shalt curl up in thine house upon thine pillow and moon. The Lord thy God shalt understand. He doesn't understand. So it doesn't matter how Eliezer is feeling. It doesn't matter how any of those guys are feeling. You are to stand up when it is morning and go and put the incense. Doesn't matter how you're feeling, you're supposed to stand. That's why I always am amazed when people gather to praise God or worship God, and because they are heavy in their hearts or sad, and they are singing. You see their brethren singing, praising the Lord, and they sit down. If someone bumps them, thinking they're sleeping, they go. Worship God in your own way. Leave me. You have to. Every, people are singing. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. You see someone person standing here. Have you been in devotions, proper devotions? Yeah. It's very hard in your father's house. That's why you have to 
be living in your father's house sometimes. You know? Because if you, if you really worship God, if you, who has been in my parlor, dear mind devotion, if you do that in your father's house, they will consider. Your parents will discuss you after. In fact, it's not after they. Amen. Amen. Ado, <laughs> dear. Uh, what's happening? Uh, don't, don't raise your voice too much. God is not deaf. They'll, they'll limit you. Satan does not like that kind of abandon. You know the kind of worship that as you're doing it, you can be thinking of your problems at the same time. You don't know it? Some of you have masters in it. It's a dual degree course. Where you're doing two courses. There's a master's program like that. International studies and public admin. Combined it. You live a dual degree. In the same way. People standing. What are you meant to do? I will bless the Lord at all times. I'm so sad. I don't, this is just bad. Good. Da, 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 da. I see. If I will forgive this person. Good. Bless the Lord. If all this talk about forgive, forgive that pastor was saying this one, this one, before I forgive this one. All times. It, God is hearing all, unfortunately. Do you know one of the easiest ways to not do this? Raise your voice. Now, if you, you don't have to shout. There are times you can't hear. Me, if you call my mind, you can't compete with some people. They are so loud that if I even try it, my throat will disappear. So what do you do? Who knows? Hand in ear, one finger. So you can hear yourself worshipping God. Like, I didn't come to hear you worship God. I gave you to worship God myself. So I put my hand in one ear, like that, so I can hear my voice. All right? Even not covered completely, you can hear your voice. Aha. I will bless the. So, this sound from your mouth drowns out the sound in your head. Are you hearing? That's why it's the high praises of God in your mouth, not the low praises. Psalm 149 is the high praises of God in your mouth. In your mouth. In your mouth, not in your heart. In your mouth. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. As long as inside of you is blessed for what? Is it every time? I think there's a time. The Bible says, is any amongst you afflicted? Let him mourn. Let him pray. Let's stop this prayer and worship now. Let's get to prayer. So we can pray about our enemies. Mm, them, they are rejoicing. Is any of you glad? Let him sing psalms. Them, they are glad. Me, I'm sad. The glad, do your thing. The sad, do mine. Nobody even asks me how I feel. That's why everybody in this house, they're just selfish, selfish. They don't even care how people feel. Now the anger has moved from the thing that offended you. is spreading now. Now you're sharing it like Christmas rice. 
Next thing you're angry. That's how my father the other day. That's how this my mother. This is how this my sister. Very selfish. This my brother. Everybody, just everybody. I'm just tired of everybody. That's how you mistakenly come across someone in the morning that you thought you came out of the same de- devotion with them. And you tell them something and then, like a wild animal. Eh? You almost hear them growling. You're like, what did I say? Please, 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 please. All of you, I'm just tired of you. You think it started that time? Mm-mm. It's the accumulated nonsense. Because when it was time to go and offer incense, instead of offering incense, he went and carried mare and licked. So by the time you open your mouth, everything is bitterness, bitterness, bitterness. <laughs> it's good to obey God. Though. Peter said, don't be surprised as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. So that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. I'll stop there. He goes on to say you shouldn't suffer as a criminal. Don't actually be guilty. Okay? But... If you are not guilty, but you suffer, he said, rejoice. Because the spirit of glory is going to rest on you. As you go on rejoicing, in, that's what rested on Chedrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The spirit of glory showed up in the fire with them. They rejoiced in a fiery trial. They choose not. Say, king, don't worry. Whether you play it up, we will not bow. Whether God saves us or not. The good God. You see this thing I'm going through? God is still good. I showed you that God's purpose is, is being worked out. God's purpose is being worked out in your life through that fiery trial. So allow the things God has mixed into your life to come in contact with fire. Then let the incense rise from that. That pain, that sorrow, that disappointment that you have gone through because you choose to do what is right. You see a young lady about to get married. The man said, well, I can't marry someone if I don't uh, sleep with them. Or at least we need to be sure if you can get pregnant. And you go, brother... Say, but it's the truth now. Let's be realistic. That's where you lift your hands. Father God, thank you for revealing to me the trap I was about to enter. I bless your name, Lord. I bless your name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, excuse me, please. Oh, my soul. I worship. Now your heart is doing. Sing. Sing, don't mind. Give him praise. You have been delivered from the snare of the fowler. You think that's the only surprise you have faced in this life? You're a clown if you think that's the only thing you have faced. You're a clown. By the time you have child number three, you say, I don't want more children now. Go and I bought it. You're like, ah, brother. By now, it's not brother, it's pastor by now. One shock after another. Aren't you happy God saved you? You were complaining. You have no idea. That's why I tell people, when your head is correct, pray the prayer and keep. Because there are times people's heads are not correct. There are times you don't think well. Let God remember your former prayer. Say, God, deliver me from all nonsense in this world. If you see me going the wrong way, stop me. Give God permission to do all those things. So he'll stop you. So he'll step in like this and stop you himself. 
Is it better you married him, then you discover, then after you've been married for, do you know there are people, they're married for years, then the man goes and joins a secret uh, society? Yes. So what will you do? Brother, this thing goes and joins Oboni. You divorce him. What will you do? Was a brother. Actually goes and joins Resurrection. According to the law of Nigeria, Resurrections are a secret and satanic society. He goes and joins it. What will you do? Let's wrap up. Counterfeit incense. Isaiah 1 verse 13. Who's going to help me? I need a reader. I have to be fast with the Bible. I don't want any slow coach. I'm asking for an official reader. I'm not looking for part-time. So you cannot write. I need your full attention. Isaiah 1 verse 13. After that, we'll go to 43 verse 23. If someone else can open Isaiah 43 verse 23. You won't write down Isaiah 43 verse 23, Isaiah 65 verse 3. All they say similar things. Sir. Then Proverbs 7 verse 17. And Revelations 18. Just write it down. All right. Isaiah 113. It's useless to bring your offerings. I am disgusted with the smell of the incense you burn. Do you hear this? God is disgusted with some incense. Why? I thought he asked for incense. There are things that make God disgusted with the incense you burn. So you don't just say incense is incense. Praise is praise. Prayer is prayer. It's not true. It's not true. Don't say that I taught you you can live anyhow and do as you like. And then say that God is accepting your thing no if you look at we are reading Isaiah 1 he just read verse 13 but let me read for you verse 4 woe to the sinful nation a people whose guilt is great a brood of evildoers children given to corruption they have forsaken the Lord they have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him verse I could read all over the place, but if you read verse 10, hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. This is what God is calling his people, Sodom and Gomorrah. Why would he do that? These are people bringing him offerings. You know, till today, very many Christians, do you know why they don't get revelation from what you call the Old Testament, which the Bible calls scripture? It's because you don't... uh, reality is not clear to you your eyes have not been opened to understand that all these things apply to actual children of god you think he refers to the past no he refers to now there are many so-called christians that are sodom and gomorrah now they live in absolute sin and wicked immorality homosexuality lesbianism some are preachers many i've told you type in 
jesuschrist.com it will take you straight to metropolitan city churches which is a network of churches that are homosexual gays and lesbians they have priests they have pastors they wear clothes they talk about god the holy spirit love and everything if you are to walk into a normal one you won't know that except you might see the two men with their arms around their shoulders sitting like husband and wife in john Hagee's church you see <laughs> you'll be there thinking ah it's a church till you look around i don't understand why those two men are sitting like this we can understand women sitting why are they looking so you hear them say turn to your partner and say i love you till we die and you see two hairy men <laughs> i love you till we die give your your your, your husband or your wife a peck and you see me <laughs> baff baff real stuff real all over the world all over god please help nigerian government keep them out and they want us to be like them they call it freedom many of you also join us it's true it's true can't you be like america god forbid god forbid god forbid in name of jesus all of you that always say let's be like america you don't know anything may we never be like america and america is far better than many european countries they will come and arrest me all these things where i've preached they would have dragged me off since I'll, maybe I'll be, I'll be in court how dare you speak against homosexuals they are making it hate speech all over the world pastors cannot preach the truth the government will come and arrest me so you're you're, you're, you're speaking against the demographic speaking against people that have peoples like the same way whites used to oppress blacks you're oppressing a minority group they can speak against you. You can't speak against them because they are a minority group. You tell them, no, but this is not a real group. God did not create men to... That's hate speech. All sorts of things. Open sin. Do you understand why God said he hates their incense? I've given you an example. I'll, I'll stop there. Go back and read the whole thing. You can claim. Look, look at verse 12. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you? This trampling of my courts. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. These are Christians people these are christians you don't mix in sin and act like life is normal god does not look first at your offering he looks at you first he said to cain the bible says of cain and abel's offering he said and god accepted abel and his offering he accepted abel then he accepted his offering why cain's offering was rejected was because he was rejected focus on what's important the bible says the offering the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination or detestable to the lord so it's the person god looks at your heart two men stood to pray 
and one said oh lord i fast two times a week i do all the wonderful things in the world but that one there the other one looked there and said god have mercy on me see? god looked at their hearts and realized the other one's full of pride and hypocrisy and self-righteousness this one is humble and realistic this one actually stood while he was praying and was talking about the other one i'm not like the other man there the lord was disgusted by his incense let us be careful about what we think god wants and likes god is not interested you see people go to a church group a man that may even take human heads to win political position he goes to a church and donates five million and you're clapping for him you have no idea of what you're doing you guys wait till judgment day you'll be weak that's when you find out that god was never from your village never no matter what you thought god did not become an ohafia man or from arondizuogu or from 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 lagos a cool city god is not yoruba ekiti tv name it and he's definitely not from south south all sorts of ideas we have about how god and what god likes and who did what where you are from is of no consequence god is interested in you how are you so watch the person it's not where he comes from is are his hands clean is his heart pure to a degree or is he full of wickedness then you go rejoicing over his giving god calls such people sodom and gomorrah they can be elders everywhere they are all over someone some years ago i can't remember the story well but i remember the girl published screenshots of messages in an elder in her church an elder in her church was sending to her talking about her backside and saying he put her on a salary if she just be his side chick a mistress to him that's an elder in a church a deacon or whatever it was can't remember properly now we know that's happening every time everywhere but i'm sure that man is a big giver all this god sees you call it incense you're an offense to the almighty and it, the pastor that is not preaching this steadily and letting them know that you can't bring wicked offerings here you can't bring the wages of what a prostitute or the price of a dog what's a dog the one that goes back to his vomit his old ways two categories the ones that are compromising like an immoral person and the one that goes back to his always all of that bring it together and you offer god said you can't give me that i don't want those kinds of offerings you don't bring it to the temple go and use it and get drunk or something buy a car but don't offer it to god you're insulting him do you understand this oga read the what's the other passage i, I mentioned skip all the way down to 
Proverbs 7 17. For the others, I hope you took down Isaiah 113, Isaiah 43, 23, Isaiah 65, verse 3, and Isaiah. Oh, sorry, Isaiah 65, verse 3 and verse 7, and Isaiah 66, verse 3. We are winding, we are wrapping it up. We'll take a few questions and we pray and part ways. Yes. Proverbs 7, verse 17. I've perfumed it with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Who is this? This is the adulterous woman. This woman, like a prostitute, whom you find in the book of Revelation chapter 18, is saying to a young man, you have to read it from the earlier part, she's saying to this young man, come and sleep with me. Come, let's commit adultery till morning. My husband has traveled. I've perfumed the place I am with incense, with wonderful smells with man they have taken the in the name of god similar things to what god receives they have taken it to use money their offerings whatever and they are bringing it as though it's something god should accept and what does the lord say of course it tells you please go and read all of uh, we just read we studied this lady about a month ago or less remember Proverbs 7, we saw that her house leads to where? The place of the dead. Her house is the road to Shwell, Hades. King James would say hell. Her house. So that woman is not just a physical woman. Are you understanding? That's a spiritual entity. She allures you. Amongst the things she uses is nice smells, like incense, meh. She uses condiments similar to the one that God uses in his holy anointing oil to produce the work of a perfumer. Satan uses similar condiments. Many of you, you think once something sounds like worship music, once something looks like a church, once something mixes in similar things, once they open a Bible and say, open the Bible, you think it must be God. You don't understand that the adulterous woman uses the same materials, same basic building blocks, no how can you say it's not a real church how can you say that he's not a real man of god have you seen their worship team god help the blind and ignorant man aloes kasha all that was used to concoct the holy anointing oil that was used to anoint all these vessels of the lord all Satan uses the same. The guy that sang, I dream I went to heaven and you were there with me. Any of you know it? We walked upon the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing, someone called your name. Turn and saw this young man. He was smiling as he came. I'm going to jump. Thank you. The chorus. For giving to the Lord. I was alive. That was saved. Oh, thank you. 
forgiving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. That fellow was married for 30 years, then divorced his wife and said, please, I'm a gay. Let's leave all these things. Christian songs. I will pledge allegiance to the light with all my heart, with all my strength. I believe he sang that too. I grew up listening to his songs, beautiful songs. Worship leader, the body of Christ. There are many others. I don't know Jenny Fanap well, but they are all over the world. They are popping up. Pop. Popular musicians, they are coming out. Tony, spelled Tonex, still rap and all that. All of them, I think, came as gay years ago. Now, some of you know him as a gay musician, but I knew about them before they were not known as gay musicians. They were Christian musicians. Then they came out of the light into darkness. You think, what? Why do I forget his name? You think that guy that I was referring to earlier, all these guys, what do you think they do when they, in, they are in these gay churches and all this place? What do you think they do? You think they stand there and pray, we worship Satan, we worship Satan. No, they sing the songs of the Lord. That's what they sing. They stand there and say, we bless you, Lord God. You get that's what they do till today. When you pass them, go like, Wow, I love the watch. And they are gay, living in sin and wickedness, Sodom and Gomorrah, claiming to have fine sense. So you're not led by appearances. You must learn if you don't go beyond externals, the enemy will own you. The adulterous, the adulterous woman is the substitute to the bride of Christ. If you read about her, the Bible tells you in Revelation 17 that she's Babylon the Great. Look at this. She held a golden cup in her hand. Verse 4, 17.4. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. What's she holding? What, how is the cup? Golden. What does God use in his tabernacle? Gold. She's holding a golden cup. But what is inside it? filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. You don't walk by sight. It looks like it's godly. It's golden. It looks divine. It's full of evil. The name written on her forehead was a mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people. What does she feed on? The blood of God's holy people. Where is the blood? The life is in the blood. She takes the life of God's holy people. The blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly astonished. 
John was greatly astonished. This woman takes the life. God's holy people, many have been found in her. She doesn't just kill them directly through persecution and all that. If she can't persecute them to death directly, she deceives them to destruction. It's the same thing. This thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can't kill, what will he do? He will steal. If he can't steal, he'll destroy. But he's doing one of the three. Are you understanding? That's the job of the thief. You can't limit the thief's job just to killing. He also steals. He also destroys. Anything that is destroying your faith, destroying your life in Jesus, is likely powered by this woman. Mystery Babylon, the great. And if you look at chapter 18 of Revelations, you see that she uses incense. She uses all the things that are similar. She sells things. If you look at verse 11, the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. As I was coming on the road, I'm understanding now, as I was passing, I was driving down today. I don't know why, same road I used as I passed. I looked around and I said, you remember, I said Babylon, look at all her activity. And I'm understanding why the Holy Spirit was pointing. And I said, selling things. What's the other thing I said? Buildings. No, but I was talking about churches, religion, that she sells religious, she sells religion, she sells items business everything you know and i'm just driving on the road and and instead of seeing businesses which i'm normally happy i always feel good ah, business is success i was seeing babylon as i was driving seeing babylon how she keeps people busy engrossed in buying and selling day and night money more money much more money very very much money more than i can ever eat or drink or wear but more 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 i want more more can't be contented, never enough. Clothes, everything, food. Totally irrelevant things. Things that mean nothing. Then I remember saying the car, I said, that's why in this life you must be simple. Because any of these things can own you. Instead of your owning it, it owns you. You live for it. You live to work, to raise money, to get. That's why you must be simple. You have a few nice clothes. A few. Nice is enough. Have peace. The rest, give it to the needy. You have your basic needs is enough. Get rid of the rest. Or this thing will own you. Everybody wants to avoid the mark of the beast. Clowns. The Bible says... That without the mark, you couldn't buy or sell. What do people buy or sell? What when you buy and sell? What's involved? Money. Money. So love money and then claim that you won't take the mark. You're, you're funny. Many have already taken. They are waiting to take. Waiting for a physical stamp on your forehead. 666. Do you know how ugly that will look? The beast, they cannot make you carry 666 on your head. The symbols of those numbers represent something. The Bible says in verse 13, 
cargoes of cinnamon and spice, of incense, myrrh and frankincense, of wine and olive oil, of fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep. I'm not reading it. This is what Mystery Babylon sells. Music. Happy music. Oh, I love music. Ah, whenever I sing these songs, you feel good. She sells it all. But the merchants of the earth will be disappointed because there will be nobody to buy their things again. Don't be complicated. No matter what you have or can afford, as a church, as anything, oh, we have money. You keep going for higher and higher instruments. Millions. Ah, the next instrument my papa said we are buying. The cost of that keyboard. You can tar 20 kilometers of road one keyboard i remember walking into a place in england and i told them what's the best item you have and as they said they looked at me and says from africa they brought her. i say is this the best they say sir you can't afford i said don't insult me i want the best they said it and they told me the price i brought on my card and i paid for it hallelujah how many of you have heard testimonies like this you love to hear bunk Meanwhile, people in your church are hungry. They don't have where to live. Girls are squatting with guys that they are not married to and by force are committing fornication because they can't afford to rent a single room of 60,000, 32,000 naira. They can't. And you're boasting about our God is not a cheap God. He's watching you. are you saying did they know have those people gone to complain to the welfare department god is watching you all the welfare departments of all the churches of this world god is watching you see i'm supposed to be a teacher of the word but there's this prophetic other part it disturbs me i've tried to escape it. he doesn't want to let me go because god god is watching you sigh god is watching you you're boosting. Whenever a new thing comes out, you get it. Ah, I got the newest iPhone. Ah, one of our church members. No, whenever a new phone comes out, the man won't agree. The moment you just buy for me and my wife. <laughs> Let's welcome Brother Bali. Brother Bali, God bless you. An awesome brother. Some, you know, some of you don't know how to be blessed. God is watching you, sir. Papa, God is watching you. God is watching you. Instead of warning him never to buy you, a, 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 that, that phone again the, the last one you bought will it not last for the next five years can't you at least use it for two or three years he takes it as a thing of pride ah i'm the one that provides papa with phones one phone six hundred thousand naira one phone mama boasts about the bag she uses the cheapest one day i'll give you people a list someone did it for me hey they are handbags. One. One. The person converted it to, to food. I said, calculate for me. I was preaching and I said it. Presume they pay each member of a family 100,000 naira each every month. 100,000 on your head. So a family of five. And you see a handbag 
that can feed a family for a year. You have the mind to carry it. Handbags, wristwatches, wristwatch that can that can send all of you to university and finish your education, rent houses for you. I'm not joking. I'm not joking at all. I told you about the rainbow Rolex. It's worth a hundred, let me average out, and 50 million naira. One watch. Then they wear them for one hand. It's not that as you wear it, you can control time and move backwards. You guys are moving too fast. I'll just rewind down to six and start preaching again. Mm -mm. This watch, what it does is it tells you the time. It's just that every part on it, gold and every button, different colors, different jewels, everything there is a jewel. Who created a thing like that? Somebody did. Who bought it? Why do you buy it? Why do you create a market for such a thing? Now, I don't blame the people of the world, but I'm showing you the business Babylon does. Then you, child of God, you go and collect the cup from my hand and drink. And say it's gold now. Don't worry, our God is a rich God. You have the mind. People are dying day and night. No! Stop saying that. That's not the word of God. Wait till we go for judgment. Wait till we are standing in front of God. You find out if this is the word of God. If it is Jesus that said in Luke 12, don't be afraid, little flock. For it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Go and sell what you have and give to the poor and come and follow me. You tell me if it's Jesus that said it or if it's Ita that said it. I don't care what everybody says. One day everybody will give account for how he lived. Am I saying you can't enjoy amazing things? Enjoy them and pass. Do you understand the difference between being put in a five-star hotel when you were invited to preach and they put you and renting a five-star hotel room and living in it from the money that God's people gave towards the work of ministry? There's a very big difference. Know how to abase and abound. That you are abounding. There are things they give you, you keep it for, for two days and sell it up very fast. They gave you another phone. Another phone. You have a phone. Very fine and nice. That brother so-so and so gave you. Sister so-so and so came and gave you similar. What do you do with it? You get rid of it. What are you keeping it for? You want to have 50 things. You have 50, 20, 200 shoes. And there are people wearing one thing that you're not sure if it's a shoe or if it was a shoe. Have you seen a shoe and a former shoe before? <laughs> a retired shoe. In the same church, and, you're, and you have the heart to be boasting. I heard a pastor preach once, and he was preaching, and he said, Please stop giving me ties. I have enough ties to start Tyrak. There's a business that sells ties. They call Tyrak. In fact, next Sunday, I'll bring ties. If you don't have ties, come and pick. I understand that. I understand people. I look at like the few people we have in this congregation. You know, they are mostly young people. They'll grow up. They'll have jobs. 
they'll say, ah, pastor really tried for us, so I love my pastor so much. And they want to give things. I fully expect that to happen. That's natural. Any other thing is un unnatural. Appreciation is expected. God commands it. And someone's going to say, hey, now, sir, what are you saying? These people pastor tens of thousands, millions. I agree with you. But you can't say you don't know what to do with it. The Bible tells you what to do with it. That's why you don't read some portions, so you can do what you like. How many stomachs do you have? The Bible says, don't let your God be your stomach, or your end will be destruction. Philippians 3 says that. You don't live to eat. You take what you need, you give away the rest. You know these people will keep caring for you. So what on earth are you saving for? You know you can open your mouth and say, people... We need this. Bam! They'll be killing themselves to give. Yes or no? They are desperate. Anything you say, they respond to. Why don't you use that authority to make sure that there's no poor among you? How hard is that? No poor among you. No, if you do that, uh, God did not... God did not what? The Bible is very clear that the church... There was no needy among them. Everyone that was part of the local assembly called the Jerusalem church did not lack. Because those who had brought and gave and the apostles, the leaders of the church took it and shared out. That's what you do with church money. You don't keep it for yourself. And buy land and buy land and build and build and build and build. I don't care what you say. You can argue it forever. I can assure you on judgment day, these words will haunt you. How can you say that? Were you there when God spoke to them? I wasn't there. I'm not talking about those God spoke to. And I didn't say you can't buy land and build things. Understand me. I'm saying you cannot exist to be buying things and building things. Jesus did not die for buildings. He died for people. They are the living stones that he's building. He's going to inhabit a people. Not cement. When, as long as there's you have the ability to meet the need of all your church members and any of them is hungry thirsty suffering any I, I didn't say many i say any as long as you have the ability to there are churches that don't have the ability they have too little to meet the needs of everyone but at least but when they don't even try to ask when everybody is struggling and out of their struggling you're still telling them you have to bring offering and all of them are saying my dear i know we haven't paid the child school fees but we have to give we have to give and children are being chased back from school. And you're pretending you don't know it's happening. You have no structures in place to know the reality of your people's life. And you pretend, eh, God knows now. Did they ask? Did you tell them they should ask? Did you make it clear that you are available, that the income is for them? No. You think they are a nuisance and that income is for building your things. And I'm saying you are a worker in Babylon mystery babylon you just don't know it because you have the mare and the incense and the frankincense mixed into your business jesus did not come into the temple and flog out syrophoenicians in the temple who did jesus chase out greeks did he chase out greeks who did jesus chase out of the temple of god assyrians Babylonians, Jews, were they Jews? What were they doing? In the temple, 
buying and selling ah, it sounds like something with a mark the end of this age is going to be a, the greatest test of this thing we are talking about watch it's going to unfold as the days go by it's going to be so real and many many christians are going to be swallowed up i'll end with this a simple example like mmm where you know they say this association is to help spread money we don't invest we take money from three people we take and give to one of them we now take from more we give then the people said it openly that that is what we are doing and you saw christians plan to put in money withdraw and run and not put in again but i thought the deal was money sharing you can't see you're a thief some of you maybe your family got involved in mmm after that notice you got poorer it's after that that things got really bad poverty came closer because you're a thief it's a money sharing arrangement i chop today you chop tomorrow so we keep bringing back so we collect and um, like osusu but everybody goes there with the mind of a thief to collect remove your fast fast before it crashes that's because we know now at that time we thought it's magic money you ignored all the scriptures that say you shouldn't want magic money all the scripture that said sudden money is bad you don't care about those kinds of pastors were introducing they were coming in front of churches whole churches this is not network marketing this is put in and get put in get put in get where do you think the money is coming from people's money you're planning to collect it and run then you won't go then you call it god's blessing you testify and you see everybody very happy to do it very happy where are your where is the conscience is it that you don't understand that it's people's money that put it like you and they say it's your turn now what about the other person's turn you say what's mine i've collected mine that you think like that does that not show you need to be born again oh it's your pastor that did it he needs to be born again i don't even know what this man is saying how can you say my was wrong wait till you see jesus till today we're looking for money sharp sharp anything that sounds like sharp sharp money you see people run after bitcoin if we put money will it come back many times can't don't you understand that's the thinking of a thief the bible says in all labor there is profit which labor are you planning to labor mm -mm. you want to put in see how much put in 50 and what comes out let me see let me see what comes out no not 1000 now it's not 1000 is it 50 for 50 no not 50 for 50 that that's not business it's 50 for no it's not 50 for that it's 50 for the exact amount that will be the kind of magic we like i put in 50 500 came back i bless you lord <laughs> that incense you just raised is an abomination do you understand me yes you're a thief why because in the bible god does not bless people like that the bother to read scripture no but pastor this pastor that 
I've warned you, the true gospel of God is painful. It's a cross. In all labor, there is profit. You're looking for profit without labor. You don't understand. There must be labor. Labor. Ask God, what do I do? Doesn't the Bible tell you over and over again, it says, teach our people to maintain good works, to work with their hands, that which is good. No, you want to move money, like, you just transfer it. Then magic happens and it comes back very much. You just transfer money into an account. And then you saw, bong, bong. What's the advertisement of all these things? I put in this amount and this is the amount. It's, you're not selling, oh. You're not buying products from China and selling. Mm -mm, that's labor. This is, you just, they say, just put in this account. Don't worry. In fact, don't do anything. Don't worry. Just transfer it to me. I'll handle it. As you send me 50,000, I'm going to be paying in. You're going to be getting payments. Some of you, you've already cried. We had a whole season in this church. Nearly one year ago, we talked about this. As I, when the Spirit of God came on me and I began to talk about it, people started coming out to say, it's true. Last week, this happened to me. The other week, the, did I know? I didn't know. All the responses, people started bringing. I didn't know what was happening in their life. God just pushed me. Talk about this thing. And we, we, there were people in this house who were newer. They had not heard about what happened in 216. In 216, many people were new. They came, and one day I'm talking, and I hear about MMM. I say, it's going to crash. It crashed the next day. MMM was booming. As I said it, it disappeared. People, I heard there were a few people. They were new to our congregation there in the parlor there. One, a, a few of them, they lost all their money. Tens of thousands of naira. I said, you, when you see nonsense, don't do it. After that, they say ultimate cycler. I say it will crash. It crashed in two or three days. The mind of a thief. Don't call us thieves. How can you abuse us like that? Stop it. In all labor, there is profit. You can't want money by all means. I don't know how to explain it. But Pastor Sosa, you, you cannot want money by all means. Understand this. Understand this. Understand this. There's no money you get that didn't come from someone. Do you understand that money came from someone? What do you think happened to the person that this your magic money came from? Did he lose it or he gained it or there's money just sitting down? To be gotten have you heard there's money to be gotten have you had expressions like that yes now have you seen adverts where they say there's an opportunity to hit it big there's all these expressions they use do you understand that that money is somebody's money do you think there's any money that's just sitting that doesn't belong to anybody it's just money So I'm asking you, you that wants this sudden money, where do you want it to come from? That wants to transfer 20,000 and get back 35. You want someone's money to move to you with the click of a few buttons. Not because you went and bought Gary from your village and brought to town and measured it into small bags, labeled and sold it and made a profit of 5,000 or 10. No, you don't want to labor. 
you want to push buttons some people say no but we push buttons we stay up at night we don't sleep and push buttons push buttons moving money to the left a little to the right a little you call it all sorts of names listen don't be angry at me please please tune in next time please get our audios listen to it it will help you uh, let me say something it's not everything's evil that seems to show at once but i'm telling you if you continue in these habits when the antichrist will manifest and begin to own people he will own you because this is the mindset he's trying to create he tries to stir up greed in people greedy people are available very easily to satan the issue is not the thing it is that you are being made greedy when you are greedy you are available to satan greed is idolatry in the new testament three times king james calls it covetousness covetousness is idolatry greed is idolatry is the worship of idols and that's what you do for god to reject you and kick you out of the land so the most wonderful pastors and servants of god that god has anointed satan tries so many ways to bring them down one of the best ways he has used to succeed is greed he makes wonderful servants of god become greedy people not contented let me explain you are actually supposed not to want non-stop the bible says with food and clothing be contented does anybody even understand the concept of being contented anymore to be contented means you tell yourself it's enough thank you no come and get more you say no you don't understand hear what i'm going to explain now there's this business i buy yam and bring and sell i buy goods from the north and come and sell work with me set up a shop we'll be selling it we'll share 50 50. if you do this it will bring you so so and so amount listen to contentment i'm not saying you can't do it you can do 20 businesses did you hear me you can do 50 businesses did you hear me you can invest in all sorts after you've heard me let me explain what contentment is contentment is someone coming with the 51st business and you can do it you can afford it and you say no don't worry i don't want to invest anymore not because you're afraid you won't make profit contentment is you saying i buy gary and sell and yam from the north it sustains me my family meets needs it brings enough for me to support the work of the kingdom generously and all of that and uh, it keeps me quite busy in fact thank god i'm still able to carry out my job as an exhorter in the body of christ or a teacher of bible school but if i take on any other responsibility to stop me from being effective here it will keep me up later i can't sleep as early i can't wake up as early i have to be looking at accounts of a third business i'm already doing these two businesses what comes from it sustains me my family and the household of god it's okay i am contented i don't need more income profits this is enough the mindset that says you should take 
opportunity every opportunity you can to make more and more is not a godly mindset is the opposite of contentment it is known in english as greed it is very deceptive a contented mindset says with this looking at how much i'm making the money i spend on my family per month is three hundred thousand but i'm gaining I'm earning 550,000 monthly. I have a chance to earn 1.2 million, but it will take up another three hours of my life daily. No, I won't do it. I'm contented. Let me go home and rest and be with my children. Let me pray. Let me study the things of God. Let me go on evangelism. No, I can't be. Do you understand this? The body of Christ doesn't, has forgotten this thing in most of the so-called prosperity countries they don't there's no peace or joy it's always one source of income after another it's ungodly you call it prosperity it will take your soul go and read all the stories about money that jesus told read them Relax, my soul. You have gathered much for many years. Jesus said, eh? eh? They are looking for your soul this night. Who will own these things? You think life is accumulation. He now is food and clothing. Be contented. He said, be rich towards the kingdom. You see, do you see even that one you're gathering? Even if that, you end up having 20 businesses, it's because you're funding the work of God. If that's your job, funding the kingdom of God. You're the one that provides the money for us to rent houses for all our people. You provide money and there are some people that don't have parents or a source of income. And every month, you just say, all right, come and take your monthly stipend. 15,000 there, 15,000. How many of you are there now? 32 of you, okay. The accountant will send the money to your account. All right, bye-bye. And those children, instead of sleeping around, instead of hanging out with bad guys, so they'll have Gary to eat. Their church is taking care of them. That's how God meant it to be. That's the only way. And that's why that person is doing four businesses. Because he's, he meets his needs. Then the rest, he leaves it. Oh, this uh, every month, 200,000. There's no fanfare. There's no discussion. There's no need to put that kind of offering in a basket. You just transfer it straight. There's no, the, nobody's talking about it. That's, that's your job. This children's job is to go to school now and evangelize there. Everybody's to do their thing. Face your side, everybody. There's no big to do. When the day comes and God says, uh, my son that is a businessman, I want you to move to this other business. Why? Because it's a kingdom business. Do we understand the concept of a kingdom business? A kingdom business is a business that belongs to the king. Today, I'm, why am I talking about all this money? Someone has been asking God about money and what to do with it. I'm not talk I want to go home. I ate only once. Get the audios from other messages I've preached about money and finances. I haven't focused on it like a topic and a series. But one of these times, I think I will. We do from Genesis to Revelation. It's enough is enough. But you in the meantime that claim to be a businessman. Remember how I started. Scriptures are for teaching. For correction. For rebuke. For instruction. You better read it. 
all those excuses. Uh, uh, God knows my pastor didn't teach me. God will deal with you. You're the one that is a businessman. Read your Bible. Look at all the passages on money, on riches. Read it. Then obey it. Then God will teach you, you mustn't make all the money that can be made in this world. Don't make it. Leave it alone. Ah, there's a chance. Let the chance be taken by others. You rent a shop. Do you know the Bible says God is angry with people that want to take own all the houses in the land? The Bible says so. No, you don't get it because you can. Do you understand for every new thing you get, every expansion you expand, that you could have given out that income to someone? That means nobody needs anything. No, but we give out. You give out 30%. Who told you you were to give out 30%? Who told you you are not to give out 98% and keep 500,000 a month and give out 15 million? No, how can we do that? You give willingly. Yes, nobody can force it from you. But you don't understand the kingdom of God. You're not living for the kingdom. That's like a pastor saying, I'm giving God 2% of my time, or 5 or 10 No, you should give God your life. But again, it's not everyone does it. Pastors do it. They come to church, say, this is the time I give to the church. When I leave here, it's my own time. And they call your phone. You off it. You don't take any calls. That means the king is not your girl. You, you are the boss of your life. Remember, remember when the Lord, your kinsman, redeemer took you? You were supposed to become a slave to him. But you stayed a lord. He freed you and you became lord over him. And when you need help, you call him. Lord, <clears throat> by name, I need something. But you are supposed to become a slave. A slave owns nothing. Did you know? The life which you now live in the flesh. You live by faith in the Son of God who loved and gave himself for you. It's not even your life. So how can you own anything? How do you own things? If I was to be a businessman, ah, yeah, yeah. If I was an entrepreneur, God would be waking, God should wake, the same way I get revelation from scripture, that's how you should get revelation for business. You should get rema for business. You're not hearing me. You should get rema for business. This is not the day. I don't know who is doing this to me. Is this someone here or someone online? You're, you're stressing me. Blame the person. You should lie down. This, where I wake up, you sit down bad, and it, it, it comes like revelation. But because very few people understand what it means to be a slave of Christ. You're like his hands. He literally takes an idea and drops in your head. And then gives you guidance. People have woken up with diagrams. In case you don't know. Full plans, complete, like a song. You see the way I, I receive, I download songs. You should be able to download ideas that work completely. That are perfect. If God has called you to that. But people think everybody must hustle. There are people that the job you do is just for you. And for you to give small, small to the body of Christ. There are people that... The job you do, all now for the body of Christ, you give yourself small. Small for survivor. But I don't know how many such people on earth exist that obey God. God knows they are there. We've heard rumors of them. Some used to give 90 something percent of all their income. They earn massive amounts and give it all away. Kingdom. They understand that God has called them the way He has called me to be a preacher and teacher of the word. 
he has called them to be givers giving romans 12 is a call is a ministry gifting but your pastors teach them that every giving is no that one is from your heart there are people whose ministry is giving paul said woe is me if i preach not the gospel a dispensation of the gospel has been given to me they measured out they dispensed a measure to him to give out there are people whose such gift they are calling is making money but they sit down eat 98 percent and give out two percent which may be millions the rest they build things buy things everywhere expand everywhere and and set up a conglomerate no understanding that's why god is not able that's why satan mostly runs the money affairs of this world because his children are so so greedy I explained a little of this, I think, three years ago. But you must be free of mammon. The love of money is driven by a spirit called mammon. We've seen it. It's very popular in church. In visions that God has given us, it's a very popular spirit in church. You've seen it walk in and take the rings and keys of pastors in their inner offices and come out. And the people are reaching out to it in worship as though it's Jesus Christ. These are things God has shown us. Terrible spirit. Very handsome with perfume called fame very very smooth in its deceptive form in its real form is a very ugly thing because it's a wicked demon spirit it's a ruler of this world it's a high level spirit it's not just a principality it's a, a ruler of the darkness of this world it's a very high level ruling power and most christians belong to it they serve it many servants of god pastors serve it that's why you have pastors that cannot preach the truth. They cannot. How if Mammon tells them, if you say it, half of your members will leave. So they never say it. They whisper it in secret. Once in a while, they'll say, well, you know, to someone. But they can't say it out. They did a study in America, Pew Research. I don't have the details, so I can't say too much. But the summary of it was that they studied, I can't remember a thousand pastors or so and the summary was that we never preach on these topics all those topics were topics what they call hot button topics if you preach it people get offended they'll stay back from church politics different issues gay marriage different things like that that they may be people offended and when they ask the pastors why don't you touch it they say if we say it, people will be offended and we won't be able to afford money for our facilities if you see the number based on the research the only reason they were not preaching the truth was because of money and all those people will stand before god someday why because they have to have beautiful buildings because jesus died for beautiful buildings these matters are very serious Judgment they will be bloody. What I mean is a lot of people will be saying the blood, the blood. <laughs> Any question? Raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five. Go. All right, go on. A popular preacher mentioned that he once used to preach like this against other preachers that were very 
popular and me i don't preach against anybody no no the difference between me and him is that i'm not preaching against anybody i'm preaching okay. the scripture him but, maybe he used to attack people especially those people that have private jets and other big things like that so he mentioned that until a, a time he wanted to maybe embark on a trip and then he had to suffer and use public transport and all of that he said while inside the public transport god now spoke to him god. And, uh, <laughs> listen let me interrupt you before you start listen many people that say god spoke to them about money matters listen mammon spoke to them i'm telling you i've taught you in this church except you're a visitor i've taught you how demons work go and read if you don't have you have a phone a smartphone ask any member of this church tell them please can you forward me this article that your pastor talked about spiritual battle in the heavenly something like that just ask it will get to you give your number someone will end up sending you a revelation of a certain former satanist who talked about some things but i've used the scripture i've preached on it ask for how i don't there should be a snippet right there must be a snippet we have where they clipped out the portion where i spoke about how demons come and stand and talk like an angel of light okay there must be many it should even be one or two i don't know if you've heard me talk about this before listen listen you remember in the bible when a, an angel came to daniel do you remember an angel that came and said that from the first day daniel started his 21 days daniel did not do a 21 day prayer daniel began to pray the angel said from the first day you asked the answer was given but for these 21 days the prince of persia held me back the popular prince of persia the prince of persia because daniel was in persia so the ruling power foremost spirit in the kingdom of darkness arrested the angel because in the spirit realm that is possible and it's happening all the time yes you think once god says something is over it's not true there's a process there's a hierarchy there's a bureaucracy in the spirit it's real these guys kidnapped the angel that was coming with daniel's this thing until michael came and helped him and he was able to escape and come down and deliver the message the message is the answer you have in that portion of the bible thank god daniel had it down now this former satan is told the same story how christians pray and god sends the answers and they would when he was high level demon possessed guy he said the demons together they will grab the angels of god and arrest it and the answer will not arrive that is the advantage of daniel continuing to pray that's what it means to pray through do you understand if daniel has stopped if he didn't continue till that 21st day it would not have arrived oh dear god understand now listen that's not the emphasis of my story the emphasis of my story is that he said that usually it is during those seasons when an angel may have been grabbed an angel of a man of god that was bringing something that's when demonic spirits come and pretend to be an angel of light and talk to you and that is how many men of god say god spoke to them and it was satan now to confirm what i've said first john chapter 4 beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirit whether they're of god he wasn't talking to unbelievers he was talking to christians so let me say what i've said many times before many 
beloved servants of God, highly recognized or not recognized, barely, have been spoken to by demon spirits masquerading as angels of light. And they say, God told me. If you like, believe it. If you like, forget it. But if you don't test the spirits in this world, you will be deceived. You will hear sweet voices. Do you know how many people have heard beautiful voices? In this church, anyone that has been in this church knows that almost 50% almost of this church are prophetic. Every dreams, visions, is like rain. It even seems to have cooled down now. You should have been here in 216, 17, 18. All over the place. Gifts of prophet, revelation. Our people see visions like why we don't like praying for things for people here is because there will be too many visions why i don't like praying for specific individuals is because all the words i always look at you and say what will i do with all these visions huh? there's nobody we pray for that god will not tell us so many things what do you do with it those days we used to try and send it to them then i decided no i am not their mentor i don't owe them any such thing so let it just be there when it comes to pass we'll be ticking one has happened Two has happened. You don't take it and keep. But I don't enjoy praying for people by name. Because God ends up showing us many things. Especially men of God. I don't like praying for them by name. At least not publicly. Because as you call their name, you start seeing things you don't want to see. I'm, I'm just sharing. Now listen to me. This church is prophetic. We've had one of our sisters who was very prophetic from the early days. For three weeks... Said you wake up in the morning and a voice will start speaking to her, beautiful, saying things. And wow, and she was so carried. Eventually, long story short, it was a deceiving spirit. And you deceive her. No, don't worry. No need to stand up and pray and do. Just let me, let, let's commune. This is a new level of relationship. Oh, yes. Sister Maka? Yes. Years ago. 217. That's why I told you, you test things. S-O-F-T, soft P, S, scriptures, others, fruit, time, persecution. Look at those things. Use it and check it. Check, check carefully. I don't jump. People give prophetic words. I don't say anything about it for months. And at the end, I say, no, this was not. You give it time. You check the fruit of doing what it says. So you bring a revelation and everybody in your church becomes greedy. And you tell me God gave you. Hmm. They're a clown. Nigeria became greedy under the prosperity gospel. You don't know it. I'm telling you. I don't know who I heard saying it the other day. Where, where was I? And someone was saying this. He said the church that he was he on TV. He said that Nigeria was good before churches proliferated. But I just heard that some weeks ago. But years ago, I've been preaching it. I've been preaching it for years in village everywhere people used to be simple-minded go and look at your parents pictures from the 90s 80s 90s what made a whole nation greedy churches pentecostal churches you want please i'm sorry let me give you time grow spiritually and come but do grow read your bible a lot while you're growing please don't grow by years grow by knowledge and practice then come back let's talk grow with god for real he will tell you many of these things if you stay greedy nothing i say will ever make sense to you greed is idolatry and it's what used to destroy israel every time till today it's what destroys the church 
the most. Greed. You make it official. The Pharisees were the most righteous in Jesus' time. And the Bible says they loved money. And Jesus used to attack them. And when he preached about, about money, they scoffed. They went, <coughs> That's how they reacted when Jesus spoke about money. Pharisees. Today it's the same thing. Greed. I repeat, many of them, I'm telling you directly, zero. I don't want to say more. I've taken time to explain this better with plenty of scriptures. Most people that say God said it wasn't God. Have you ever had, had a leading and you're wondering, is it God? Is it me? Is it God? Is it the enemy? Yes. What did Jesus get offered by Satan when he was tempting him? Apart from bread and jumping down and instant fame. What did he offer him? The kingdoms of this world and its riches. How many times do you read that God goes around offering people riches? Don't bother. Most of them, God didn't speak. They disobeyed the apostle John. They didn't test the spirit. We've had many encounters in our work in ministry where people stood, had encounters. Things were standing before them talking. Beautiful, like Jesus. And they remembered something I taught them. And they say, in the name of Jesus, who are you? And that beautiful thing changed to a horrible monster. It was a demon. They would have brought the message and said, God said, you must test the spirits. I don't care how spiritual you are. John said, for many spirits have gone out into the world. Many antichrist. The word is not opposite Christ. It is substitute Christ. Satan's number one way is deception. Not oppression. Deception. For even Satan comes like an angel of light. Do we think that scripture was written for fun? He comes and pretends to be from God. God is light. He comes like an angel of God. That's what it means. And he lies to you. And, you, and what he says is what you like. Let me tell you one of the easiest ways to test if something is from God or the devil. Get behind me, Satan, for you love the things which are of, of demons, of darkness, of what? Of men. When Satan offers you something, is the kind of thing that men like. People like. When Satan, when whatever comes to you keeps offering you things that everybody likes and pretends as if a special revelation, have sense in Jesus' name. Because it's Satan that offers the things that men like. When God offers you something, it's not usually things that men like. Is this clear? I hope you understand me. Ask your question and we still have it. So please, how about paying more money to get a job? No, don't do things like that. That's a bribe. Huh? Paying money to get a job. I don't know what that means. You're not getting your job, honestly. Let God give you the things he gives you. Okay? Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, I have two simple questions. Two Ask simple the simple questions. questions. Don't take time. Okay. Give me intro. Okay. Uh, number one is, uh, I thought giving out... A gift given to me is a choice I thought giving out a gift given to me is a choice because in the scriptures we have seen how in the Genesis how God blessed Abraham I didn't see where he was giving out 
His blessings. You don't know because you're new and you haven't listened to my messages properly. Okay, a I have, uh, hold on. Okay. Abraham had a household of which the young men that were warriors were 318. Pretend they have two siblings only and parents. Or they have one sibling. Or two or three of them are from one family. Abraham's household may have been a thousand plus. What you think when you think of Abraham may have been a thousand to four thousand human beings. Abraham was a traveling village. It was not him, Sarah, and three servants. Abraham was a moving village. When he died and things were hard with Isaac, he had six other sons whom he gave things. The king of the Philistines, Abimelech, was afraid of Isaac because of his greatness. You're not afraid of 17 people if you're the king of a country. You're afraid of a massive group of people that can attack your country and conquer it. Abraham was never a few people like people think. Abraham was responsible for a village. So all that his prosperity. Go on. Okay. Uh, like me personally, uh, every of my birthday, people give me musical instruments as a gift. Awesome. And right now, I'm not making use of them, but I have them. So, hey, Rad, am, I, am I doing... Am I doing something wrong? Not giving out gifts? May, may rat not chop him. <laughs> may rat not chop it. Up. Now listen to me. I can't tell you what to do with what you've been given. Yes. But if three people so far or four have given you drum sets and you have kept all. Yes. I don't think you're wise. If I'm advising you as a brother. But is, is it I a would sin? say. No, it's, it's not a sin. Okay, it's, that's what I want No, to it's know. in the category of foolishness. And you see the problem with foolishness is that we don't know. It's not this foolishness is the heart of a child mm. the rod of the correct of correction is used to beat it out mm. Mm? why is it being beaten if it's okay no simplicity let <laughs> me explain see i don't want you to misunderstand me yes a gift given to you is to anybody mm. is a gift mm. but what you have a right to is to not be greedy yes that's what you'll be questioned you won't be questioned for having a gift you'll be questioned if you're greedy and God sees the heart if he's greedy and if it doubts him. If you're doubting in the future, we can provide. So I want to give you an example. If you've been given four or five drum sets so far, apart from other musical instruments, three keyboards, all that, please sell some. Sell some. If I don't, if I don't want to. No, 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 hold on. Let me, if I finish the example, you understand why. Sell some so that maybe some of the things where people need to help you in case people are helping you in this world they don't need to help you because it is selfish and stingy for you to be able to sell one drum set for hundred thousand and take care of yourself but someone gives you rent money also do you understand what i've just said yes god knows what you're doing if you are cornering things out of unbelief and piling i mean imagine the rooms you rent just to be storing up all these things and then you could meet the need from what he has given you but instead of meeting the need you depend on someone 
I've told stories like this where people collect shoes, 10 shoes. They keep having things. Then they depend on someone's gari and rice and beans and say, well, this one I was given. God sees. I'm always, I'm al always pointing out to people, God sees you. God sees that you have 18 pairs of shoes and the person who you're feeding from has one and a half because one, the other one is not a complete shoe so far. And you eat their food. If they spend money buying shoes the way you... No, my auntie from abroad always gives me sell some and meet the needs. Did Jesus say people should sell their possessions? Luke 12, 32. If you are rich in something, sell and give. If you are poor, sell and give yourself. You need to eat. With what and what? Be content. My, but my, quest, my question is, if I don't want to, I, uh, is, I it, have answered is, you. is it foolish? He didn't give me a specific you. answer. Everybody had the answer. It's only you that has not had the answer. Everybody it could be foolishness. It could be foolishness, but is it is? Am I committing any sin Austin, for not giving Austin, out? Austin, if you are leaning on other people while not giving it out, if you are in any way sucking up other people's blessings, it is a sin. The sin of suffering. If, if you are earning normally, you're comfortable and you're just keeping it, may be the sin of the lack of faith. And anything not done in faith is sin. So the lack of faith that makes you keep things that you don't need, eventually if you're going to use it, please understand this. If you're using all those things or you're going to use it soon, Baby, you're keeping it out of fear. Fear is sin because it's a lack of faith in the God who provides all things. Okay? Anything not done in faith is sin. So if you can keep them in faith, it is not a sin. Okay. Baby, yeah. you can't keep them in faith. If you keep them in fear, it is a sin. So, sir, Cain married his sister, I guess. <clears throat> because. Oh, excuse me. Why are you asking? I don't like this. All right, from now, I want the question vetted. What did I teach about marriage here? Only ask questions that have to do with what we thought. Can marrying his sister? What, how? You said that the things <clears throat> were the already law. seen, yes, before the law came. So. I'm asking how that could have been a sin if they were the only ones around. It's not just King that married his sister. Everybody married their sister. Abba. Everybody was married his sister. Uh, listen, listen, listen. When there are two people on earth, four people, five people, six people, who are you going to marry? Your grandmother. So people had to marry their sisters. It was not a law. Why is it wrong to marry your sister? What happened is as human beings increased, their genetic, I've forgotten the language, but the shortcomings at the genetic level when people intermarry, they call it uh, um, being inbred, inbreeding, inbreeding. The people have the genetic deficiencies cross over. And so if you, example, marry your brother and you have a child, your child may be mentally retarded. It's him, you know, they have, if you see, go online when you live here, don't open the video, you'll be disgusted. But if you just go on YouTube or type in, inbred Appalachian mountains or so you see their faces horrible all that is a result of inbreeding terrible 
terrible deformities that people can have at different levels some may be okay but the more you inbreed the more you interbreed the worse it becomes so god when he created man originally male and female all of them those genetic deficiencies did not exist like that do you understand the same thing happens with animals anybody ever bred rabbits nobody here you keep interbreeding after you see they keep being born with deformities one leg like this all sorts of things that's why you notice in case you don't know why they go and bring other dogs to breed or they go and bring other animals you borrow a male to come and breed then you return it to the owner you're trying to avoid interbreeding or they will share all their weaknesses amongst themselves and become sick and weak and all of that okay so it became law later that's why abraham could marry his half sister the laws of consanguinity and all that are a result of the physical effect it has physical consequences and god is trying to you know i've told you many of the laws were not evil in themselves like the dietary laws it was to protect them from the diseases for example don't eat pig because the pork carried lots of parasites so god was trying to keep his people healthy it's not that pork on itself is should be evil it is that it will make you sick do you understand and so on the, the laws are not attempts to cramp your style the laws are an attempt to keep you healthy safe and doing well that's why he used to say that it may be well with you it's 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 actually that it may be well with you physically not just in the spirit but physically also so you don't marry your sister that law came into being later okay but other nations they still intermarried a lot the egyptians used to marry themselves because they said they were gods you know they had the blood of the nephilim actually many of them so they they they, they say we can't mix with the common people all right because certain things were passed on but you may not be aware but certain kings of england and different countries because sometimes they interpret you can only marry royalty so sometimes their brother was the king of scotland while this one is the king of england this one is the queen of wales and they can only marry amongst royalty so they interbred and some of those kings were a mess yes some of them were not okay at all look at some of the things they did you understand <laughs> but it's known but they'll hide it you know it's the king uh -huh. they'll try and hide it but historically it's been recorded that some kings were not okay at all all right next question so about these fallen christian musicians is it safe to still sing their songs i don't know ask god who i think that some you know those songs were from god many of them uh -huh. so i refuse to allow satan take everything if he has taken the messenger let him not take the message too do you get if god uses samson to pull down a philistine temple i'll not not rejoice that samson pull him down that samson that fell no i'll be happy you understand i don't refuse to read a book because the person that wrote it has fallen because he wrote a wonderful revelation from jesus i don't refuse to listen to a message because when the the man that preached it has now fallen and kicked away his wife and married two wives no you don't refuse the gift because the person that once gave it to you no more loves god i'm going to return it take it back 
You have to be faster than that. Praise the Lord. Okay. So you actually talked about the law and um, I just want to gain clarity because Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 talked about um, Moses' laws and he reformed some of them. You so came late. Everything you're asking I have answered. Get the audio. Ask the technical people. You came in the middle. You came later. So you missed a lot of what I said earlier. Get here. And you, is it, are they done? You have to raise your hand. I think she's the last, right? That's the last. Okay, so... Get the, talk to uh, one of these guys. Make sure at the meeting is over and get the audio. Maybe tomorrow, if they are done, I'll give it to you. My first question was also on intermarrying, but you answered it. Then the second one, you said that when sin... Okay, yes, when there's no sin, there's no penalty. Then why is it that... Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me, did I say it or I read it? Okay, you read. Huh? Sorry, I'm sorry. Did I read it from the Bible? I, I said it. Uh, because, but go on. The Bible says. Okay. I agree. Go on. Okay, the Bible says. Okay, so why is it that, that those times, the times of Abraham and the rest, why is it that um, when Reuben slept with... Uh, yeah, exactly. There was a curse, and why is it that God still punished Sodom and Gomorrah for like there were still penalties, but there was no law during that time? Or was there any law? I thought I actually took time and talked about this. I thought I said that it was still sin. Yes, it was still sin, but used. The Bible said, sorry, that when there's no law, there's no penalty. Hold so on. I'm asking. I thought I explained that there were still consequences. I thought. To be sure, and I distinguished the law from laws. The law of Moses is a thing often referred to in this. Yes, it was still seen, but used. The Bible said, sorry, that when there's no law, there's no penalty. Hold so on. I'm asking. I thought I explained that there were still consequences. I thought. To be sure, and I distinguished the law from laws. The law of Moses is a thing often referred to in this. As apart from the laws of different lands, all lands had laws. There's no place that was lawless. When you go back, read Romans 2, but let me show you again. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. The law is referring to the law of Moses. Not that there were no laws. There were laws everywhere. The law of Hammurabi and all sorts of laws existed. But the law, which I tried to say was the law of Moses, is a specific code but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law that's an idea on its own so there were laws in these places now romans sorry let me finish verse 14 nevertheless death reigned from the time of adam to the time of moses even those who did not sin by breaking a command does anybody see it 
death reigned even over those who did not sin by breaking a command. Maybe when I read it, I didn't explain it. I planned to. How did death come into the world? Through sin. It came through sin. We read it earlier on. Death rode on sin. I say it rode on it. Sin gave access to death. Death is a king. It reigns. It walks around. It walks with sin. When you see sin, you see that. Sin, that's why it says sin shall not have dominion. It's the law of sin and death. They walk together. They are, it's a ruler in the spirit. It rules over people that owe it. That's why even when a Christian sins, it, death has a right to attack something in your life, your health, your business, something. Even though there was no law, death had already come in from Adam. And he finds very attractive people that sin. So whether there was the law of Moses or not, or any law, death was still around. And the wages of sin. How much sin do you commit? Take your salary. Salary is death. So whether there is the law of Moses, whether there is any law at all, death is ruling. Do you understand? Then if you look at Romans chapter 2, the Bible tells you about the law of the heart and tells you about the law of Moses. It tells you that there is a law of God written in the hearts of men. Have you ever heard it before? You are very new. Look at this. Verse 12. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. These are people that don't have the law. But they sin. But they sin. Do you hear? All who sin apart from the Open your Bible. I want this translation. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. Which law is this? Law of Moses. What was the other law? He said, apart from the law. No law. It seems like no law, Abby. Verse 13. For it is not those who hear the law. Which law is that? Law of Moses. Who are righteous in God's sight. But it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Someone can obey the law without hearing the law of Moses. Did you just hear that? Verse 14. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law whose law do by nature things required by the law how do they do it by nature they find themselves doing things that are in line with remember i talked about the intention of god when he gave the law he says when people do the thing remember the goal god is not interested in the specifics he's interested in the fruit are you bringing forth the fruit of what the law says the law is aiming at something. I explained all of this. It says they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. Did you see that? Where is this law written? 
on their hearts their consciences also bearing witness and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them this will take place on the day when god judges people's secrets through jesus christ so there's coming a day when god will judge people's secrets and you show you that time you did that thing i told you in your conscience my law in your heart told you even though you didn't know god but in your heart i have placed it in the heart of every man to have a clue of this do you understand it all right so god knows about the law in the heart and there's another law can you read just verse 15 for me their conduct shows that what the law commands is written in their hearts their consciences also show that this is true since their thoughts sometimes accuse them and sometimes defend them i hope this is clear yes i'm gonna pray a simple prayer and head out it's almost 9 30. i want us to understand this that there's much for us there's much available to us god knows what we need and he's willing to give it the question is do you want it we talked about the incense and we talked about the incense of babylon which one that's what led us to talk about money the incense of babylon looks like sense of how to pray heavenly father i ask for everyone in this house that you help us offer a pure incense free of corruption may we not be shocked at any time and find out that we have offered up unholy things may we at no time offer up that which is not pure in the name of jesus i appeal to you gracious one by your hand that you will enable us you will enable us i ask that you enable us to be free of the incense of babylon and an attraction to all the things that are so related i appeal to you my father that from henceforth everyone that has been bound by this influence will be set free Amen. in the name of jesus i want you to stand to your feet two one prayer is happening or two at the same if this is your first time come let me just pray for you very briefly first time has come out like this come at once second everyone out there pray ask god to purge you of the incense of babylon you know it's like smoke have you been in a room with smoke when the smoke touches you it leaves its effect that thing i talked about greed is on many people but it shouldn't be there if it is there it is dangerous you shouldn't have it pray everyone ask god purge me purge me purge me with pure incense that which is whole
thank you father can you lift your hands ask for a blessing on everyone here every offering i ask father that you receive it for your glory and your praise and let your kingdom be extended and i ask that everyone here will stand a chance of freedom till they see you they'll not be found guilty not be found wanting that they'll not be found to have despised the things they've heard today let this words take root down what's and barefoot upward thank you amen we pray god gives you understanding according to his word may the lord bless you keep you cause his face to shine on you and give you peace now and forevermore for more information visit our website at gods lighthouse.org